Good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever applies to you, and welcome to another world show. I am joined, as always, by Mr. Kira and, of course, Peter Dunn, the uh, head coach of Heretics, uh, but who will also be known, at least for the purpose of this specific podcast, as the Mad Lions punching bag. I know you have nothing to do with Mad Lions currently, Peter, but... <laughs> I've got so much pent up anger and we need an outlet, you know, and because you do have a tangible link, historically, at least to the org, that's I mean, just how it is. I mean, I just say that like Mad Lions head coach isn't in, isn't in Korea. That so, is true, I mean... but I did feel it might be a bit burdensome for me to, you know, <laughs> say, Oi, Matt, get on the show. I've got to have it out with you, you little bastard. So yeah, you are the proxy uh, and okay. we are very much happy that you are here for uh Exactly that reason. But of course, we're not going to spend, hopefully, too much time talking about MAD because that would be just depressing as fuck, wouldn't it? Uh, before we do talk uh, worlds at large, I do have a worlds-themed would-you-rather for both of you, mm. which goes as follows. Would you rather, and I'll start with you, Kira, keep the current Swiss system that we have for this year's worlds or revert back to the previous system, but... Every game, instead of playing each team twice in groups, you play one best of three. So last year's system, but with one well, best of three, or this year's Swiss system. Region locked still. Yes. Okay, this system, because the extremes of Swiss are the only way it's worse than the previous system. Uh, the aggregate of Swiss across the period will still be better. Yep. Hmm, interesting. Are you, are you, do you agree with that, Peter? Would you take yeah, this for sure. Over Swiss? I take the system for sure of a Swiss, and the reason that I take it for sure is because the seedings for the old system... There's two issues with the old system that we had. Number one is region locking. Number two is seeding differential. Like, you know, uh, a team is uh, NA seeded four, or like Korea three is like seeded nine to 12, right? The famous uh, one should... is Korea two, uh, NA one. Like, that's a really yeah, yeah, exactly. One. exactly. Exactly, but but yeah. the fact that like Korea three and PCS one were in like the same the same pool uh, is awful. So basically, this system, I hate the region locking in round one, frankly, but it is what it is. Uh, and this way, they remove all kinds of uh, uh, what do you call it um, unfairness in the seating, right? Because you 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 are your record, right? And to me, that's just better. Even you though you could just do super groups. Even though. We still have a bunch of BO1s. You still rather that than going back to an old system but with BO3s? Sure. No question. Okay. No question. Interesting. I thought that would be... By the way, I think I'm probably inclined to agree. I just thought it maybe it'd be more of a close, close run thing than I guess both of you guys think it is. Um, right. So what we're going to do here is obviously there's been a ridiculous amount of games played such as the system up until this point. And the last time that we did a Worlds related show was actually pre any games other than the players having been played. So instead of meticulously going through all of these games, which I don't think is, you know, particularly necessary at this point, what we're going to do is take a preview at the next upcoming games and then of course you know we'll sprinkle in our thoughts based on what we've seen so far uh what i would say or what my main takeaway was actually i don't know if you guys agree what a draw for europe i think overall um to remind people uh of what the draw is fanatic are playing cloud nine which you know whenever eu play na unless your name is mad lines it's usually a good thing i would imagine so 
perfectly okay draw for them, I would say. Mad are playing the team who I think most people would agree is probably the weakest Asian team. I think that's probably fair to say uh, in Weibo. So I would say that's still probably a fairly okay draw for Mad, considering what they've offered up until this point. Uh, G2 obviously have the North American matchup as well as they're playing against NRG. If G2 don't win that, you know, you're not who we thought we were. So, you know, a great draw for them as well, I would say. Uh, and then, of course, we have some other interesting uh, matchups that we'll talk about as well. KTL and GT1, BLG, etc. But let's start with the uh, Fnatic C9 matchup. Um, Fnatic are a very strange team, I think it's fair to say. Uh, you're never quite sure what you're going to get. I mean, Oskoronin coming back from that hand injury probably even raised a few eyebrows. Like, why wouldn't you just keep Wonder at that point? Surely such a risk. For me, he's been the best performing member of Fnatic. I think that is very, well, Peter shakes his head. I would say that's a very uncontroversial statement, but Peter, let me go to uh, you on this one then. This this uh, matchup, obviously speak to that first uh, and then sort of more holistically what you make of this matchup versus C9, who are also an interesting I mean, it, it, it's Razork, no? Like, I, I mean, to, uh, to me, I think Razork has been kind of one of the best players in this tournament so far. Even like, when he was, it... like, losing, like, the games, like, top end and jungle? <laughs> I mean, which game? Which game so, specifically? So the top dive with, like, Oscar in, where he doesn't flash his, like, Talia, sure. and then, you like, because okay. that, one, that one play is, like, I know it's a lot to put on Razork, but, like, at the end of the day, it's execution-based, and then the okay. other play would be the one where he gets caught and. Was it the Jarvan one? No, actually, so, this is interesting. Sorry, I'll let you go in a second. I'm, this I'm is really interesting because I'm, by the way, for the record, I'm very much with Kira on this one. I think that's a crazy yeah. chat, but I'm super interested to hear what, yeah, what you so, have to same say. Yeah, on, on you go. Okay, so, okay, so, so which game? So, Fnatic have played three games so far, right? They played LNG, they played, uh, are they Gam or Gigabyte Marines? Let's call them Gam. Gam, Gam. Uh, and then they call, then they played, uh, BLG, right? So in the BLG series, I think we can all agree he was Fnatic's best player in that series, in that game. So I, I don't think we dispute anyone would dispute that. Yeah, okay. probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. probably. I, I go okay. with okay. that. Okay, fine. Sure. Um, he his Talia his Talia game was a bit rough. I, I'll admit that. Um, but I think all of Fnatic had an off had an off game, uh, off day. But I think he was he was really good into Gambit. Yeah, like he, he, he's, he's forcing a lot of things in the early game and he's making Fnatic really, really proactive in the early game. Uh, and I think that, you know, Noah has the KDAs, um, but let's let's be clear, like the reason why he's in that state every game is because Razork is doing a huge amount. Um, yeah. And I mean, I will say Humoroid hasn't been rotating as much as he could be. Uh, he's kind of playing his 1v1 matchup. Mm -hmm. And what Razork is doing is incredible. And just to go against Oscar, like there were times when Oscar, especially in the BLG game, where he, the way he was playing side lanes, he was always over rotating on side lane, which was what what would happen is that uh, he's playing jacks, he's playing popping jacks, right? So uh, the thing is that his duty in this game is to hold the jacks, um, whilst people on the other side of the map force, right? And he was he would consistently over rotate into mid. He would be around mid. Fnatic would do nothing because uh, because BLG were playing safe. Uh, as a result, he was giving up an extra side wave to mid, who would just push the wave in. And now Fnatic's map is doomed. Whereas he needed to just be fogging into mid and not completing his rotation. Right. So he because he was over rotating, it was very very hard for Fnatic to to force anything because they were they were so off. Bin was so often able to move aggressively when he shouldn't have been allowed to, and that's because Poppy was over-rotating on the previous, on the previous, 
on the but previous. But how long do you think Poppy can realistically hold against Jax? Like, I mean, as in it's, it's on you go. I mean, he just has he can't hold him forever, right? But yeah, he doesn't. The, but but he his job is to just monitor Jax, right? So so if he's over rotating on one wave, if Jax is able to push from the river, that's one thing, right? But if Jax is able to push a, an extra wave after he's pushed away from the river, um, for free because Poppy is is showing on mid wave or is around mid, right? And then has to walk all the way back. He's giving Jax more time on every single rotation, and yeah. to me. Yeah, he, this is this is the big cost that Fnatic had, right? Like when they were had Wonder, Wonder was really really smart about uh, not overcommitting uh, his rotations, whereas Oscar is just perma 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 uh, overcommitting. And I think that that's that shows his inexperience. He's a rookie. I mean, I don't think he's he's having an awful tournament, but he has some flaws in how he's playing the mid game, and it's costing Fnatic, in my opinion. Um, alongside Noah. Alongside no, 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 not pushing, not pushing the yeah. limits of what an AD carry can do. AD carry can do, yeah. One yeah. thing but... I would say on the very quickly on the that result game because I, I think, uh, sorry, on the uh, Oscar thing, I think that is probably correct. But what I would just say again in the, I don't like to play the he's a rookie card because this is something we only do in the West and never talk about in the East. So like we just pretend they're all like ten year plus vets or whatever. So I'm not going to play the rookie card. But I did think it was very impressive that in my opinion, he's playing against the best top laner in the world in this game specifically, and he is actually out-impacting him in fights. The way he played team fights on that poppy was fucking awesome, by the way. He wasn't just, like, eliminating, like, one or two members from fights. He was eliminating the one or two members that he has to eliminate from the fight. Around objectives, it was always, jungler, see you later, off, off the fucking map you go. And actually, I think Fnatic were mis-executing when they had the, like, 5v3s after Poppy ult in those fights around objectives. I think Oscar was straight up doing his job to win games for Fnatic. I think that they were just mis-executing and get, getting outplayed individually beyond that. But if you asked me, like, if you took the nameplates off and you said, who is the better top laner, like, in that game, I think it would have been a conversation, which is kind of wild to me that he was able to do that, playing in the European ERLs, like, just over a year ago versus, as I said, in my opinion, the best top laner in the world. So I think, I think for me personally, I think Oscar's had a very good world. And I also think that Razork's Talia game was so bad for the first 15, 20 minutes, whatever it was. And then it was really good. That, yeah, sure. That I can't, I, I have to like, I have to take brownie points away, right? Like I can't just pretend that didn't happen. So for me, Oscar, yeah, go on, Kira. No, no, sorry, but have you? I actually agree with a lot of like the things like both these are saying, but like the Oscar like dynamic is, for example, if I was to look at the Oscar Ben game, generally I think Ben understood like the win conditions of the matchup like a lot better. I'd agree with Peter that like Oscar was over rotating, but there is like a certain uh, line of thinking that you can get yourself into that like the poppy can only hold the jacks to a static advantage for like a certain period of time. Sure. Um, and so what you they try to do is you try and create a equally like large advantage somewhere else and i think that's where like the over rotations come from yeah. and even with the over rotations he made up with it with uh in team fighting just by like clicking buttons well and using abilities effectively where like you know the, he gets like the th he gets the three the dragon fight that fanatic potentially could have won he like kicks the rakan and the jacks out of the fight and they have the 3v5 yeah. but fanatic even at that pace kind of like play it like ironically probably too quickly um even though it's a 3v5 it was very very strange the one where noah dives no, of course, but like if, if kazi is the ad carry in that fight they clean up so sure i agree 
yeah, so like, but like, so that's for an example. And then Oscar Island like dies like much later on in the fight because Trimby does two, not one, but an, another set of like over engages. Sorry, that was at like, the previous fight. So, could I look at like those types of things? I agree 100%. It Pierre, he was like over rotating, and like to say that as like a thing of like rookies, I can 100% get my by. Um, but was that like the major reason, like Oscar Island's like over rotations, was that the major reason that like fanatic? was losing in, like, uh, that particular game. I know you were just talking about it as a, yeah. like, singular point. For me, when I look at, like, like Razork, oh, and I want another thing to say about Oscar, he was not that good in the GAM game, and Razork was very, very good in the GAM game. Yeah, um, sure. the, the thing I was going to say about, like, Razork was, when I look at that LNG game, Fnatic actually get the game to a point where, potentially, I'm not saying they do, they can get themselves in a very, very, very good position, like, topside, and Razork basically finds a way to lose the play in like the worst way possible you know what i mean where it's like you know what i mean you have like the best version of it and then you have like the absolute like worst version sure. of it and that the, and i know it's just one situation but once that mis-execution happens that game from that point particularly against lng mm-hmm. is in an almost practical sense not over but like it, it gets so much hole. harder they're in a hole and the thing I highlighted on the like when I was talking about it on Discord was is that's a situation where I would love to hear the comms of what was being called because if some if Razor's like calling not to dive it because they don't have like information and Oscar and just goes in anyway, I can understand why Razor doesn't flash. But if it is being called and like they're on go button and Razor just doesn't flash because he thinks he's got the timing on it, then I do think he actually like fucked up there. And I think it's a, it looks like I'm being very picky because it's such a minutia thing, but. It was such like a massive like blunder in the context of that game. But then he played uh, the later fights really well. Sure. Well, okay, so I'll say two things. Firstly, we know what Fnatic's comms are like because they release their voice comms, right? It's it's eighty percent Trimby talking and like ten percent Razork and Humanoid, right? Um, so uh, and Oscar basically just doesn't speak. Uh, I'm I'm not in the voice comms, right? Now maybe he talks in the in, in the mid game bracket, right? Um, I mean to to be honest, I I'm not gonna push back too hard on Oscar because I think Razork and Oscar have been the two best players on Fnatic in this tournament. I think uh, Humanoid has been fine. Uh, he's been doing his job. I think right. that I think that uh, Fnatic spot lane have... Trimby's struggling. Let's just say it how it is. Trimby yeah. is yeah. struggling. But I think also Noah is playing very passively. Uh, and... That's Noah. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't say it. I just say at this tournament he's playing uh, very, very passively. No, don't uh, make me. And... That, that's why me and Kira are here. We say the things that other people were. I've been saying. I warned say. everyone since summer, uh, summer regular season. I warned everyone. I was like, the writing was on the wall, and they didn't want to hear it. I was like, it was coming. Mate, the day, like the a... day I found out that Noah was signed, I said, "What that KDA player?" And he has lived <laughs> up to his brand ever since that moment. That's all I'll say. So you know, I'm not surprised here. But yeah, Peter, talk talk to us a little bit about this matchup then, uh, Fnatic versus. To C9. I C9 have had some interesting games actually. I don't think they look terrible. Uh, I think they have some of their own win conditions, particularly in a game against Fnatic, who obviously aren't a super amazing, brilliantly well rounded team. How, how do you see this matchup? I mean, they got blasted by T1. <laughs> like, insanely, insanely blasted. Like, it looked like they weren't even playing the same game uh, as T1. Uh, but maybe we can just say that's an owner, that's an owner pop off game. Uh, I would say that basically it's really, really hard to judge. Uh, C9 because they've basically played uh, three games so far. Uh, they beat Mad Lions in quite a convincing way, although uh, how much 
resistance that Madlions put up. The T1 game was like an incredible stop in the other direction. What was the LNG game like? I'm just trying to remind myself. The LNG uh, fucked up, then they yeah. paused, then it yeah. went into Oh, the yeah. it was that game. Oh my yes. god. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. that game. They actually uh, they... early, early uh, Yeah. Age. Yep, and then it was into the bar end, and then, you know, like, yeah. it, Scout oh, just my... done Scout things and dragged the game yeah. back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I could. I, Cloud9 have been pretty, have been pretty solid so far this tournament. It depends, of course, how they bounce back from that T1 game. Um, I would say, well, they're playing against. Uh, <sighs> I mean, they're play, they're playing against Fnatic, right? And to me, what this is going to come down to is jungle in the early game. I think Razork has been really, really proactive. I think he is. I think he is the best player on this team. And I think he was the yeah. best player in this team in playoffs, and I think he was the best player in the championship yes. on this yeah. team. Yes, yes, um, yeah, 100%. And, and how Cloud9 tried to neutralize his impact in the early game will define who goes through. Because yeah. I, I can see, like, if this goes to late game team fights, Berserker is going to out-team fight Noah. And, yeah. and I apologize yeah. to Fnatic fans who love Noah, but, like, Berserker is just better than Noah yeah. in team fights. A lot better. Uh, um, so, so the question is, how much can Fnatic's top side snowball the early game? And that will be down to Razok versus... Uh, Blabber and Eminez and uh, Fudge. I would say that Cloudline look a bit disjointed in their jungle mid and jungle. Top. Yeah, jungle so, mid sections horrendous yeah, yeah. right now. It's really bad. So, so we'll see. We'll see how they can punish it. And definitely, this is a game that Humanoid will be up for. So, so we'll see. I, I think I, I favor Fnatic slightly, but it's you know when you know that you lose the late game, then it's always really stressful to play out. So that's what I would say. Kira, you know what's interesting about this? Mm-hmm. You see what Peter did there when he said it's about, you know, can Cloud9 control Razork early or stop him from getting super far ahead early? Which, by the way, I agree with. But what's interesting is, isn't this NA's go? I keep hearing Blabber's the greatest jungler who's yeah, ever played in NA. Like, you he's... know, but he's like the goat. Like, he's a domestic. He's like a domestic goat. But like, is it, really... my point is, isn't this just an indictment that the win con is like, oh my god, I hope our goat jungler doesn't get heavy diffed by another Western jungler? Isn't that just an indictment on the entire fucking region at this point? That's wild to me. Because again, yeah. I agree, but I've always thought Blabber was like omega no, overhyped. He, he's not like, but he isn't like double lift in his prime when like double lift was the best player in the region, where he was like at periods like as good as like other great yeah, uh, yeah. players within his era. Blabber has at no period like ever been like for example, Doublelift spent time at like twenty eighteen MSI like not that far away from like Uzi and stuff. Like he was very, very good. Like like you can go look statistically, it's ridiculous like what he's doing. He still holds the damage share record at MSI for after that tournament because Poe Belt are just like fell to pieces. But Blabber has never been that for jungle in any. That's the, the big difference. Like Blabber is like, you find a lot of people who disagree with you on ah, that. I, Dom for one. I, I, he, I, I, he, I don't give a fuck. I think he's like, he is domestically dominant. And he's domestically great. No, but, but like Blabber's not like Kanave, like oh, no, no, but, 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 but the reason why, but he, here's what I'll say. So Blabber individually 1v1 is is fine. I have no problem with yes. him 1v1. Yeah. But he hasn't had a solo laner that he has good synergy with since Niski. Yep. And the, and like you, he didn't have good synergy with Perks. He didn't have. He doesn't have good synergy with Eminez. He doesn't have good synergy with Fudge. I Fudge. don't care how long they've been playing together. Like mm-hmm. they just don't play well together. 
And when you talk about Tarzan and you talk about Kanapi, what makes these guys great? Tarzan, the thing that makes Tarzan great is how him and his mid laner always coordinate. Yep. And what, what makes Kanavi great is how every single person on his team knows exactly what he's doing and will rotate to come and protect him, right? That's what makes them great, right? Yeah. It's not the individual player. Blabber, Blabber Razork is fine individually. But it's, how, but, then how good like, is Razork? Because Razork famously has zero synergy with his mid laner. <laughs> Like, Razork Humanoid's he, been a disaster 2v2, like, over the duration that they've been together. As a 2v2, as a 2v2, they have, like, synergy. Like, they have a, a synergy in terms of, like, strategy of ex execution. Mm. But, like, people in... No, no, like, people... Like, let me, ex like, extrapolate the point. The people envisioned them as, like, this, like, 2v2 execution lane that, like, Tarzan and Scout is. Where, like, they're not really... They don't really play the game like that. Like, Humanoid has, like, this idea of, like, pressuring and health trading as... Uh, the mid laner to like pin him to the lane to allow like uh, Razor to make like lots and lots of like plays with like the, the other mid laner like being able to join. That's like I think I've, obviously I'm not asked them, but that's what it looks like they're trying to like do. Where a lot of people envisioned it as like more like a Nesky Aloya, Nesky Blabber, where the players actually like physically link up on the map at like critical junctures. Uh, humanoid Razor are like that, and that's where like the disconnect can come sometimes. Where like Humanoid will take two aggressive trades. Uh, or like losing trades and then Razork's like caught out of position because now there's like health differences. But I don't, like I actually look, like I've said this, um, we know could mean you were talking about it, Rich. The only version of like Fnatic I fuck with is the one that where like Razork is just doing the impossible. Yeah. He's somehow keeping like all three lanes like balanced. He's forgoing and dropping a lot of camps to keep like his Lady laners. Lady Razork, yeah. as he'll be yeah. known, known as from I, now on. And we haven't, we've, we've, we've seen a little bit of it. But it's so, I, I've always said this, the burden of Razork doing that game to game to game is way too high. Yeah. It's just impossible. way, way, way too high. And so it's impossible to call whether or not Fnatic will do it this next game or they'll do it a game after. Like, it's going to be a BO3. Like, does it, does it happen all three games, Rich? If it's mm. going to be two games or two games in a row? Like, most likely not if you look at how Fnatic play. So... So, so, so my counterpoint. Firstly, uh, Trimby and Razork have really good synergy. We, I think we all agree with that, right? In the, I, I wouldn't say, for me, it's not like standout, but I think it's, it's not a problem. It's definitely not a problem. I think Trimby makes up for, like, like helps plug in the holes of, like, how Razork Humanoid want to play, where, like, yes. Trimby will sometimes be the yeah. person who actually sure. goes to the physical mid lane, whilst Razork's off. Yep, I think that's fair. Trimby's always okay. been good around covering mid, I think. Yeah, of course. So continue your point, Peter. So, so, so number one uh, and number two. Clear uh, <laughs> Renekton uh, issues aside, let's just let's just put that to one side for now. Generally, he plays really well with Oscar, right? So to me, yes. to me, you you have a situation where I think Trimby Trimby Razor is better than Sven Blaber, oh, but it's. Better. Yeah, and I think uh, Razork Oscar is much is light years better than Fudge Blabber, right? Yes. So, <laughs> so, and we both like it doesn't matter whether the two v two can play, right? Like, what matters is who's going. How how is Razork going to snowball the game, and what's the assistance he's going to get, right? And what assistance is Blabber going to get? But yeah. if they slow roll it and they miss execute, then you get into the problem where Fnatic will set up poorly for and C Nine will set up poorly for Drake fights. You will have consistent back-to-backs and can uh Oscarin and humanoid make up for the fact that berserker probably is the best team fight execution player on in the server yeah at the end of the day like across all the players like razork might be better sure. than might be better than berserker right but the problem is, is razork's role unless it's on talia is a lot less damage 
yeah. across the aggregate of all the, the team fights. And the like, Berserker isn't like fucking ruler or something. Like, you can go watch him on like Zeri. He wastes Flash like all the time. He just loves blowing it. But he's still very, very, very he's good, great. very, very elite. Yeah. And I agree so much here with Peter here that like, you're going to be in a whole whole man if they've not actually got advantages coming out of lane because yeah. unless they're assassinating him with the solo laners, I think he's going to stat check the, the, the team fights out. Unfortunately, I I will put up something slightly controversial, which I think that the team that picks uh, Kaiser in this matchup is going to lose. Yep. And if I was if I was Cloud Nine, I would just give Fnatic Kaiser, and if I was and frankly, I would do literally anything in my power to avoid playing it, simply because it's not it's harder to pick Kaiser into the kind of champions that Fnatic want to pick. You know, Fnatic are really, really keen to pick stuff like Poppy, they'll flex the Poppy, they'll pick Renekton, they'll pick like uh, a lot of other champions which make it very, very hard for Kaiser to kind of play the game. And I just don't think those are very good on Kaiser. So 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 yeah. So we'll we'll see how, how that series goes. Um I think we may see some very interesting adaptations in Pigman. Um so, so, yeah, looking forward to it. Is it fair to um, say you're both leaning Fnatic? Yeah, I lean Fnatic. I lean Fnatic, but the, the, the execution's way more on, like, one player. Um, yeah. I, I always say that. I say this. I, I've said the same thing a million times, right? You know exactly what I mean. Like, it's the same, nothing changes with this team. It's crazy. It's actually bonkers yeah. how little changes uh, with this team. Um, and that's why they are just the Jekyll and Hyde of eu more than anything else i um, think what's happening as well uh to, to peter's point in draft i think there's another very easy thing you can do in bot lane mm. which by the way every team is doing against Fnatic. maybe the pick order isn't quite correct so maybe this is on Fnatic as well but trimby is first and foremost if we go in terms of like how good he is as a player he's a very good enchanter player who also has even though it's a meta pick, his pocket Rakan, because that is the one engaged champ that he is very good on. And then his performances on the likes of Alistair, Relnort, they're not as good, right? And in every single game so far at Worlds that Fnatic have played, the enemy team has taken Rakan. So now it's like, do I default to an enchanter or do I play one of my less comfortable engage picks? And I think that is a way, especially in a best of series, to really get after Trimby is just take Rakan away if it's remotely comp appropriate and you're putting him in a really difficult position. And you don't have to do too much in draft to mess that up for Fnatic because obviously it's not going to be a super high priority thing, right? Like taking the Rakan away. So I think if Cloud9 draft well, that I, I think this is going three games either way because I think mm. Razork, as Kira always says, has to play so on the edge to carry Fnatic that sometimes it doesn't play out. And for me, in current form, Razork is a kind of two out of three games kind of guy, uh, which I guess has held true uh, so far this world. So yeah, I, I'm leaning Fnatic 2-1, um, but I do think Cloud9 can win if they prep well. Peter, I think, oh, sorry. I think they should So I think they should ban the Rakan. I don't think they should pick it. Yeah, they shouldn't. I think they should ban it as well. Yeah. Hmm. Why? Why do you think Fnatic don't play Sever? That's interesting. I I don't know. Is he not uh, like? I don't. Uh, know. I, I don't understand. Such like, a Noah uh, champ as well. No. Yeah. Holy moly. No, I, I, if I look at like all, because 
when I look at like what's ever like supplies, this is the same thing as I talked about with you with Thorin, where I look at like what, what GP supplied to like all the, the holes on like many EU teams, or I look at what Sever can supply for like Fnatic, I look like I see teams that are like not self-diagnosing like their own issues. I know it's very easy for me to sit here, armchair general, right, and just be like, Tech Sever, guys. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that the, the lack of you know, I mean, I even attempts to do anything. Now, obviously, I don't have access to their scrims. But, like, when I look at it, for me, it fixes a lot of the problems. Um, that they I have like, a theory. Do, I have a very simple theory for this. Okay, so I have no idea, To just to make that clear. I have no clue. My one guess would be it's a language barrier thing. Because when you play Sivir, how you come at pro, like elite pro level is completely different than if you're playing something that's, you know, a, a more... <laughs> normal star lady carry right like lucian or something your r button in many scenarios is a go button and you do have to contribute to shot calling in that sense and i would just imagine that that's just how Fnatic as a team is not set up at all to do that i think as peter mentioned earlier trimby um holsters most of the shot calling responsibility then you're looking at jungle a bit little bit of mid maybe i think noah is the archetypal mute ad carry or i am an ad carry player i'm not a league of legends player kind of ad carry i don't think he is a give me some of this power by picking sivir because i do think you have to do that when you play sivir to be a good sivir i think you have to take some shot calling responsibility because you are the go button i think someone say you and by the way the reason in when because an easy counter this would be like oh why can't his teammates just say you know sivir press r it's like Realistically, these kinds of comms don't happen too much in a team environment. Yeah, they've never, never played in a team. Yeah, that, exactly. Yeah, it, it doesn't work. It's it's just, doesn't it doesn't work. work. And it, you have to not, you're not usually tracking your own teammates' like cooldowns either. Like, you'll have a rough idea in your head, but if you say it three seconds early, like, go, Sivir, press R, like, that could be a really fucking bad call if he's got two seconds before ult comes up. I think if you play Sivir, you have to have some of that responsibility so that's my best guess that it's a combination of maybe that's just not his role in the team and maybe a little bit of language stuff i'm not saying you need you know to be fluent in english to press r but uh you know you get the one idea. more query um what matchup do you want to see mid for humanoid and mns like what would you want to see i know like ori will either be banned contested jace probably banned contested like what what, what we're thinking in terms of this matchup i can see it actually being quite uh volatile uh, across the three. Syndra, Kali, Syndra, Silas. Akali, Syndra. Azir, I think, will be out. But I think that the... I think Eminez is actually a pretty decent Syndra. Um, so the question is, how will they play it, right? Um, but I think I think Syndra will be an important pick this series, for sure. I want well, to 100% see... 100% for going backwards. I want to see Eminez. I don't think this will happen because he's not played it since, like... LCS playoffs at the oh, earliest. Oh, that's a all that. No, I want to see Eminem play Tristana. Um, mm -hmm. Tr Trist, he's very good at these um, individual spiking champions, even just playing out the level twos and stuff like that. He's very good. He's got 100% win rate, by the way, over five or six games this season playing Tristana, but it's all been against uh, North American opposition. But maybe he'll feel more comfortable or enabled, like doing in a Western matchup or something, to play that pick. But I think um, they could play well around uh, a um, double AD comp like that. So I want to see them pick that. And what do you plan to the Cassante mid if he picks it? Cassante. Uh... What will Humanoid play? Yeah. What do you think Humanoid? He'll, just, play? he'll pick Renekton, of course. You think so? Like, you think I he'll mean, do it? 
I mean, of course. Humanoids are really good with Nectar. Like, he's insane with Nectar. I'm just saying, do you think he'll do it? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think he'll, I think for sure he'll pick. I mean, or he'll pick Oriana. He'll pick Oriana or something like this, right? Yeah, anyway, so I'm going 2-1 Fnatic. Peter, quick score prediction. 2-0 Fnatic. Kira? I can't believe I'm saying this. 2-1 Fnatic. Okay, okay, right. Let's move on to Mad everyone's favourite European team, uh, versus uh, Weibu, a.k.a. Team Cabral. Um, right, so this is a... I mean, okay, I've already had one banger terrible take this week, so why not double up and have another one, uh, which is obviously I picked BDS to beat uh, D-plus gear. But my next take is I'm going to say Mad beat Weibo. I'm just going to say it. Full redemption arc. I but can Rich, see you it. do this all the time with Mad. You how? just keep on going down the, the tree, man. How? 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 So, so spell it out. Okay. Rich. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> you were expecting logic or, or yeah. facts or no, no, no. That, none of that's coming your way. Don't you worry about that. Holy this shit, is so it does make This is a feel. pure narrative-based take on how much of a roller coaster team Mad Lions are and the peak of some of their individual players. But you know what? I'm actually already retreating because I did this last time, Kira. I made a Mad-based prediction and then I forgot that Chasey exists. So forget all that. Erase it from the tape. Rewind. I'm not picking Mad. I've remembered that Chasey exists. My bad. If he didn't, I would like to go with Mad just from a narrative perspective because I do think they are an up and down team. I do think they do have very high ceilings in Kazi. I think is arguably the best uh, Western AD carry at the moment. I think El Yoya not having the best, most consistent games recently, but very, very high ceiling as a jungler. But I cannot legislate for, you know, I know that the shy is not, you know, the shy of uh, yesteryear necessarily, but I can't. I can't cope with this matchup, uh, even having said that. So, Peter, where do you uh, lie on this one? A mad outsiders here? Is, is, is there some kind of angle? So, mad have hit the holy grail here because obviously their world is a disaster so far. But if they beat Weibo, who are arguably the weakest Eastern team at this tournament, yeah, 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 DK. yeah, yeah. But if they beat Weibo, then they can come out of this world and wash away all of the, you know, the anti-mad yeah. sentiment and things like this, right? Like, who cares if you lose to NA twice? You've beaten, you've beaten an LPL team, right? This is what, this is what they're playing for, right? It doesn't matter what happens in round five, you know? Yeah. They beat Weibo in round four. You come out of worlds being able to say, we did our job. We beat the Chinese team. We, we knocked the Chinese team out of worlds, right? That, that's what they're playing for. And that, that is like a very, very juicy opportunity for the redemption and it is um, winnable right it is winnable it's not like they're playing fucking jdg or something like this is legit winnable don't you think it, it's winnable uh i it's winnable but what i would say is it comes down a lot to what pick elioria is playing and there are things that elioria can play in the series that can maybe win them the series but they they have to find the right solution for the jungle mid and Weibo can do, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, but I think Weibo, right? Me is quite a cocky team. So maybe maybe they'll like they, they'll under they'll underrate the mid jungle two v two. Who's like, team fighting's worse? That's a, that's a that's a real banger at this tournament. Who's team fighting's been worse? Weibo's or Mads? Holy moly! Because I remember, like everyone's going to say Mad just to meme on them, but I watched Weibo gaming 
like Xiaohu, what? Like just basically done, looked at the EU Azir vlogs and he's like, yeah, I ain't gonna poke or anything. I'm gonna just like Azir R every single fight and die. Like okay, that's the only way we lose. I'll defend Weibo slightly, which is I'll just use the G2 game as kind of like a sort of rough barometer. You know, I don't think that Weibo's team fighting in that game was that bad i think g2 really team... no i, I think Ooh. okay there were... was insane there were yeah there were two fights where both teams didn't like well obviously the g2 baron was like you know whatever if we class that as a team fight there were two moments where both teams entered but i think generally the level of team fighting in that game was really high i think no, i g... think it was really, really I, bad. I disagree i think that there were Ooh. loads of i, I, I think it was... I, I think, think it was exciting. Uh, I don't think it was good. No, I think, I think it was pretty conditions. good. I think there was lots really? of optimal cooldown and rotation usage and item active usage. I think that like, if you like watch some of those Hansama fights again... Like, Hansama not flashing and, like, Hansama not flashing and Hansama not pressing up. Hansama... Hansama Hans, Hans also played two fights Jauhu really well. Jauhu going into Rello and instantly dying. The, I'm not saying... Like, this, any game that goes, like, 50 minutes is obviously not a clean game of perfect team fights, right? But I do no. think that most players on the server exhibited pretty high level team fighting during I, game. I, I think I think Hans had a rough game. Yeah. But I would say that BB, Mickey, and yeah. Jike were insane in that game. Yes. And Caps like did his job on Oriana, right? And he had one really, really good shockwave. So it didn't matter. The fact that, that G2 were able to win that game is because of how insane Jike and Mickey, but BB obviously had the like the big highlight, right? But Jike and Mickey were incredible in that game. And that was yeah, that, that's. I, I I don't think that, that I think there was like obviously because it was such a long game, there's like specific like highlights. But if you look at like the aggregate, I think a lot of things like broke down. I think if you look at how each team understood like their ranges, at the end of the day, um, G two is probably easier to play. Um, but I think people like like Xiaohu and Light lost their absolute fucking mind, and this is like another rare, um, circumstance where like Light's item build actually like betrayed him he ends up in like a post one uh, 1v3 and he doesn't actually have the attack speed or the damage to burst down the three targets and possibly win the fight he actually loses like an auto attack trade as adc to oriana I've, um i might my memory might be wrong but he's almost in full health at the point hmm. yeah I mean, and that's, all, un, that's like unheard of in terms yeah, of like, all i would say is obviously as i said any game which goes that long and has that much back and forth it's not like you wouldn't look at any team and say, wow, what a great game they played. And that's not what I'm trying to say. The best way I can put it is a few of those fights, if you showed them with no nameplates, I would know that those were two really good teams playing each other. There is a 0% chance that's like, I don't know, like an NLC team playing another NLC team. Like 0%. Like it was good players doing good things like a bunch of times. And I agree that good players also doing bad things a bunch of times. But... I, I wouldn't look at that game and be like, wow, Weibo's team fighting sucks. Like, I think they played a couple of really fucking good team fights and they also entered a bit. Like, I think, um, that, and here's what I would say. It's like, currently, because this was the question, right, of like, who team, whose team fighting's worse? And this is why I went off sort of on this tangent. Mad Lions is his worse, for sure. Because recently they, had, they like, have the not really shown... really good team fighting against NRG where, like, they clipped, like, the massive... Like it was all really good. Would they call it Karzy grabbing three man into the Talia combo and stuff like that, and they end up losing yeah, the game Car to the back? Yeah, no, but... no, no, no. Here's here's what's actually happened, right? Karzy was really good against the North American team. That's what happened. Whereas oh, G two right, okay. collectively or and individually at different times, 
executed really well and vice versa against high-level opposition. Kazi popping off against North Americans does not lead me to believe, like, you know what? Maybe Mad have good team fighting right now. I but... mean, Kazi has good team fighting. I think we, yeah. we, we can agree that. Like, I, I think Kazi, Kazi is, like you said earlier, I think he is, it's between him and Berserker for who is the best uh, Western... Uh, yeah, AD, uh, AD carry at this AD carry at this tournament. We'll, we'll claim we'll claim Berserker for as a Western AD carry. Um, uh, um, but but you know whether his team is playing well around that, I think I think Kazi. The fact that Mad Lions are playing team fights in the way that they're playing, and he's still able to sometimes pop off, just that's just a massive feather in Kazi's cap. That's yeah. what I was. Okay. Yeah. So Kira, let me like, let me ask you about this series. Obviously, like. I went a bit overboard to begin with. I did forget Chasey existed and breathed oxygen as of today. So that's my bad. I do retreat immediately off the take that I think Mad will win. But I do think it's winnable. I think Peter thinks there's possibly uh, some kind of chance, you know, maybe a Kazi wink on here. How do you see the balance of this series? Do you think Weibu should be very, very heavy favourites? Or how do you see this? Well, historically they tell you they're heavy favourites, but... I don't know, if you give me the version of Xiaohu that's a zero and into the middle of team fights and just getting themselves insta-killed, like, any game's winnable, someone's doing that. Like, games just become infinitely, like, easier to play if players are doing that. So, what's really worrying is just, like, a, the variance of, like, Aloya's play and the yeah. team's still very reliant on an Aloya. It's just so hard. And when was the last time we saw Elioya be consistent? Because obviously, you know, when Mad went on their first sort of domestic runs of like back-to-back -back LEC titles... He still wasn't he had... that consistent. It was, that's the problem. Spring... I think he was pretty consistent. Like, during... Spring, spring, groups, was... spring, like... spring groups and Gauntlet. He yeah, was he was consistent for five weeks, four weeks yeah. over that period. Yeah, um, the, the, the later half playoffs of spring, but the first regular... The regular, oh, regular was, was rough. Regular yeah. season was rough. And they were like one game away from elimination, but I digress. Um, yeah. He's. It's really hard to say. The other thing is, is like they also got baited into like the whole like Israel thing, which yeah. it looks really hard, really hard to play, but could possibly be effective. By the way, sorry, to but that is one thing where I agree. Like it's very rare this happens, but where there's this like, as you say, like back chair quarterbacking or whatever, where we as fans or observers or outsiders like, why the hell would you pick that there? Not taking into account any draft like or preparation stuff or the human element of how the player pilots the champion or anything like that we just say x pick is bad this is one of the rare times when the entire community reddit twitter everything was like stop fucking picking ezreal and i think it was just a spot on but, take i think but i mean kazi's an insane but i mean kazi's an insane as well yeah, well, it wasn't about it, but the point was it it was just it's been deemed holistically bad right in it's these not, spots though. rather than but it's, so it's tell me the why reason it's not. why. Tell me why it's not, guys. Just and you're talking about the Cloud9 game. game, right? You're talking I'm about talking... the Cloud9 game? Yes. Yes. I mean, he did a, they didn't lose the game because of the Ezreal. No, no, sure. Because... But the, tell, tell me why. Because this is the, this is the community narrative right now, that Ezreal no. is just not a good pick. And they would cite that when... as an example. Tell me why this was... I'm not screaming, by the way, Peter. Although... Sure, sure, sure. sure. But uh, tell me, <laughs> tell me why... Tell me why Ezreal was ba uh, not bad in in this uh, in this matchup. I mean, it's it's a fine pick in so Ezreal is a fine pick into uh, into Zaya. It's historically been a really really good pick into Zaya. They have um, they have Syndra. They ha basically they want to make it very very hard for Zaya to play. So they want to have 
long range, uh, longer range, which they have with Sindra and Ezra. Uh, and then they want to be able to win through side, right? And they couldn't win through side because of what happened in the early game and what Fudge Fudge's advantage that he had over chasing. So the Ezra pick, I mean, Ezra in terms of, unless you're really, really playing on the edge, is is never like an insane pick. But are we forgetting that like a few, the one of the reasons why Mad Lions were successful over times in this year is because he could, Kazi could pick Ezra into things like Jinx, into things like Aphelios, into things like Zaya. And it, it was good in Europe, right? I, I, I mean, like, obviously, you know, we can go and say, we can go and say this, this is, uh, this pick was trash, but I, to me, it is one of Kazi's strongest champions. And what we go and say, what we, what we historically say is play what you're strong at, what you're good at. And he is good at this. The thing, the thing that gives me hope. So obviously like, I'm not predicting Mad Lions to win, right? Like I cannot in good faith, like predict a team that is zero two against NA in this tournament to beat Weibo, right? Like it's just, I'm going to support them. I hope that they win. But I, mm. I, I, I don't see their path. But you know, things like Ezreal, things like Callista, things like. Um, do you, let me ask you this, Peter, because I think this is part of yeah. the reason why people don't like the Ezreal pick, for example. Do you, when Kazi, especially because El Yoya has been inconsistent and hasn't been playing like carry champions all the time and so on, I think a lot of people believe that Kazi is like the win con for Mad Lions, and Ezreal might be deemed as somewhat of a. You know, it, just image-wise, it doesn't have the same vibes as a Callista diving into a, a fight and smashing the backline, or Zeri like ulting in, or something like this. It's like it's seen more of the, well, yeah, it's not seen not to be as high impact, right? When it comes to someone who's straight up carrying a game, do you think that is in any way a fair criticism when Kazi is your wing con and the rest of the team is not really, you know, taking games by the scruff of the neck? Do you think it's seen as like a a passive pick almost? Sure. I mean, I think you can you can treat it in that way. Um, and do you yeah, not I mean, want I... your game your game winner your match winning player to be on something more reliably impactful than an Ezreal, which is obviously okay. a poke champion in essence. So, so the problem is how OP is Zaya right now? Okay. So for me, the issue is Zaya is really OP, and Ezreal has been picked three times. It was. Let me just think. all by EU, I think. Yes. Yeah. I know. Okay. I'm just I'm just having a quick check through, yeah okay so, uh, through through the pick and bad yeah it's been picked three times at Worlds, every time by EU teams every time into Zaya, okay so I don't think that they should pick Ezreal into Zaya, right I think Zaya is just really really strong right now, and should be considered a high priority pick, but you know I don't think that it is necessarily a bad thing, for Kazi to pick Ezreal if that is his strongest champion because he has shown that he can output like really really high DPS. Uh, on this champion. The problem that we've had is the problem that happened in this series is that the game, he couldn't get them back into a game that was already lost, um, that was already lost because of factors outside of his control. And okay, maybe that's a criticism, but he has, they've played these solo carry Ezreal comps in the past, Madlands, in EU and done well in playoffs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, may, maybe the pick in Desire is not good. Right on this patch, I can see that, but I don't think Ezreal, the champion, is necessarily unplayable. Okay, well, let me quickly get some predictions from you guys. I'm gonna go 2 1 Weibo. I do think Mad will get a game, and if they had a different top laner, I'd love to go for the underdog here. But 
at a certain point, you know, I'm I'm already sort of a walking the tightrope sometimes between what I want to happen and actual predictions. So I'm going to reel it in. Weibo 2-1. What are you thinking, Peter? What are you going for here? 2-0? Two, two, um, yeah, 2-0 two, two, Weibo, but I will say that I will be supporting Mad Lads all the way. Like, I mean, like, you know, maybe if I underestimate them enough, they'll come and win. Uh, you know, I really hope Kazi does well. I really hope uh, Hilly does well. You know, like, I, there's a lot of good people on that team. You know, this, I mean, all of them, right? I, I, I okay, I'm going to say, I don't want to get fans mad. I hope... Kazi, Hilly, Niski, Elyoya, and Chasey are all very nice guys. There we go. So he, I, I he's, already, <laughs> Kira, he's already done the cardinal sin of when there's no win con, talk about how nice everyone is. I wish them the best. Yeah. I wish them the best. Uh, oh, God, he's breaking what? up with them. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> We've really put um, them to the sword. Jesus. But I, I, re- I really hope they... Because they, this entire year... Must have been a really rough year for Matt. And all I'm going to say is, if they beat Weibo, everything is forgiven. But I don't think it's going to happen, but I hope it does. All right. Matt, you're really bad in bed. And to be honest, you weren't very smart either. But you were pretty nice. You know, you were a good person. Kira, what, what, are, you, what are you saying? Are you going to give an Oscar speech thanking them all for their humanitarian efforts? Or can these people just not play League of Legends? What's, what's your prediction here? So, like, the problem is, is like, this is... If I look at like a lot lost a lot of the games, like quite a few of the games, you have like problems. Like, I, I actually went in put a lot of it on the Israel pick because I think there was an interesting thing there. But uh, I would go Weibo 2 1, okay? The problem is, is that uh, Zhao, historically, um, Zhao Hu and Pashai uh, can be really good on Weibo, and this is why they sometimes do really well to LNG because of the weaknesses of the weakness of theirs. Uh, at, at like playing around over people over pushing and capture like grabbing people on sides and Nesky looks really bad um at playing yeah. around like sides um even with like TP Mad Lions just to talk about that Israel one because it is a really interesting game I actually think if you look at that Mad Lions C9 game all Mad Lions have to realize as long as they don't lose Baron so as long as Baron because C9 snipes it for free and that's where the problem is. Yeah. If like um say you're like rolling like dice, you know what I mean? You just you, you can't roll double ones. Like that is literally like the double one outcome. Like you just cannot that can't happen for that team comp. But that team comp is so powerful that they have. It's actually like I think it was an amazing like draft, but it's actually really hard to execute. I I, I wouldn't say Mad Lion should be playing it. It's actually really hard to execute. But it's actually a very toxic uh draft because it consistently if you look at C9s uh, like, how they, like, get into the enemy team. Like, unless a Talia wall, like, ju- it's perfect. You're constantly just, like, staggering their engage with, like, Jarvan, the Gwen, Circle, and the Syndra stun. And the, it's just a shooting gallery for the Ezreal. And the Ezreal will always have somewhere to consistently go back to. Whether that's, like, you, go, you like, pair next to, like, the Syndra and she stuns targets away from you. Or you sit inside, you like at the very tail end of fights, you sit inside like the Gwen circle and people who come to like dive on you and then have to sit next to like a, uh, a Gwen and be like just shredded. Um, there's lots of like different like ways. I just think that composition is really, really hard to play. And I don't think in that particular game, Karzi could have been on anything. He could have been on Aphelios, Jinx, or any of those champs. It wouldn't have mattered because they gave up Baron for free. So. 
and that uh, it was just too much. On your computer. So I've got a question. Okay, so I was going to say if JDG, but let, let's let's not count JDG because uh, that's too easy. If BLG were playing that comp, because Elk is a is an Ezreal player as well. Yeah. I don't think we would be having this conversation. No, they like, would have won I, the game. I, I, yeah, I think they would have won that game. Yeah, and they we would have been saying, would... what, an, what an insane... Yeah, because what... Ben would have been on Gwen as well. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, I, I mean, like... <laughs> I, I mean, what do you do, right? Like, it, yeah, it's I difficult. Know. I mean, to me, Kazi is their best player. Uh, I mean, right now, he's been their best player for most of this year with Elioya. I think Elioya has had higher peaks, but I think if you look at the body of work oh, over the entire year... Yeah. yeah, and they put Kazi on his comfort in a good matchup, and it didn't work out, right? So, uh, and, oh, no. yeah, that's it. yeah. And and here's the other like frustrating thing because the, one of the dynamics is, is this: if Mad Lions can keep the game to a point where it's actually each team fight consecutively is playable, there is a world in which Kazi out team fights light. Like, it is not impossible. Cardi can do it. It is keeping the rest of the map focused. And I actually think, like, a lawyer just has to try and keep topside to a standard. It doesn't have to have a lead. And that's, I think, never going to be the trap that they get themselves involved in. I don't think there has to be a lead. I think there is, like, a version of Mad Lions that can teamfight Weibo even at, like, even gold advantages. Where, like, if I was to say that about, like, BLG or GDG... Or LNG, I'd be telling you, you can't do that. You must accelerate the game. You must be like 5,000, 6,000 gold ahead of like B- uh, BLG and GDG before I would even consider you like even at, at an even footing or you're on some like hyperscaling pick. I don't think the same holds for WBG Gaming. I think against this specific team, Mad Lions can actually take less risks, play a lot slower and get themselves to like team fights and a lot more even gold advantage, and there's a possibility they can win the game. I actually agree. That means, what's well, that? I said, oh, yeah, I actually agree with that. I think, right. that, yeah, go on. Yeah, but here's the big problem the laning stage is like that of hell, and way, what Wei Wei will do for his like laners is going to be very hard for a lawyer like across the series. Um, I think Wei Wei's playing pretty well, like not like amazingly, but. I think, like, for example, Chasey could end up in getting the um, the top lane experience, the Wubu the, the Gaming top lane mm. experience if he's not careful. So it'll be something to, like, identify. Uh, but yeah, I'd say, like, 2 1 Wubu Gaming, but it's not impossible. I think Mad might just out- play it out themselves, though. Yeah. Right. Let's move on to G2. Versus uh, everyone's favorite North American. I believe that's an actual matchup, by the way. NRG. Uh, yeah, so I don't really need to set the scene too much. Obviously, last scene in action, G2 did get brought a little bit back, uh, back down to earth by the GOAT Peanut um, and his useless teammates, uh, Gen G. Um, and we all know what NRG did in their last outing. So, Kira, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, what is the angle for NRG here, if any? How how do you see this one? Uh you like sort of like, like a couple of them. I I think this is like a hellish matchup for NRG. You generally so there, here's a couple. 
energy either like slow roll G2, and I mean slow roll in terms of the map, and you try and catch G2's throws where they set up poorly at a, like a Baron or a Dragon. This is not a consistent way to win against like G2. It's not a consistent like winning strategy. It is not one I recommend. It's actually just like a straight up like defeatist like strategy. Like, but I don't think any team like actually thinks like that. Your best bet is probably Dokla on a match up where you can start to pull people away um onto sides and get consistent winning 1v1s how consistently they can replicate that against g2 i'm not sure i don't think bot lanes i don't think there is a winning angle bot lane and i'm not too sure there's that much of a winning angle mid uh i'm not sure how aware g2 will be around these facts but Right, tell me if I'm crazy, but isn't isn't the most like simple strategy for this kind of discrepancy when, for example, I don't think Caps is like an amazing laner, right? Is the play here not to just go like hyperscaling with one winning lane and then just try and tank the fucking other two lanes? To... Well, you'd go uh Let's like Jinx, see. ADC, you're like bot, bot lane's not going to be a good matchup no matter what. So that's going to be one of the lanes that you sacrifice, right? And obviously, or try to lose gracefully, let's say. Um, okay. So then we're looking either top or mid for I guess you go like, winning matchup, winning matchup mid. You go winning matchup mid, hyperscaling top. So you go for like I don't know, Jax. Be a mid, a free, a free trial mid laner. Yeah, but okay, I'm very, I'm still, and the more I see him this year, I'm still very down on caps as a laning mid laner. I don't think you're going to get super hard punished, even though Yike's been playing well, I think. I don't think you're going to get super high, hard punished in mid. I think you can just play out um, a winning matchup in mid, go hyperscaling top, and you sacrifice bot, and you just try and outscale and play sides. I would not do that into people. That, that, uh, it's probably a bad uh, idea, but tell me, uh, tell me what you're thinking, Peter. Let's hear it. Uh, to me, the only, the only, so NRG have three things going for them. Uh, number one, uh, they have contracts who is willing to do the dirty work and set himself massively far behind. Uh, let some people would call these cheese plays, but when Peanut does them, they're genius. So we'll call them. Uh, That's right. <laughs> what's, a really, what's, a really, what's a really fancy cheese? Uh, Saint we'll, Agure. We'll call them Saint Agure. <laughs> Saint Agure cheese. Saint Agure Sure, 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 sure. We'll, we'll, we'll call them. We'll call. We can call them whatever we want, right? But like, he's willing to do what it takes uh, uh, to be able to play the game. So obviously, why is G two winning at this tournament? G two are winning at this tournament because Yike and Mickey are playing incredibly, incredibly well, and their team fighting is of a consistently in my opinion of a consistency high consistently high level where anyone can carry in the team fights right so i think that a team as inconsistent as nrg isn't going to help team fight these guys to me the way you need to win is you need to win hard through mid jungle and hope that you can somehow neutralize mickey because ignar has historically in his career been somebody who is pretty good at roaming to mid right uh so so i think that it will come down to the game will be fought around mid lane it will be about contracts it will be about ignar and it will be about Palafox versus caps and it will be about stacking drakes early so that you can put yourselves in an advantage an advantageous situation late where you try to where you force because i don't think they can out macro g2 like i think that g2 are too good and too consistent to playing around sides and i don't just mean solo laners i mean uh jungle and support so i don't see a way to victory there i think you need to find a way to make g2 come to you and to fight you 
And the way that you do that is by stacking Drake's up or by having so a comp that has pressure see, on. See, this, uh... is, this is my problem. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, this is my problem though, Beta. And by the way, I think my strategy is probably terrible. But the reason why I suggest something like that is I think, especially when it comes to like dominating Drake's early, I think that already requires something beyond the NRG's capabilities in this matchup. I don't see them having early control of pit like multiple times yeah. in the early game. I just think that is, I think there's too much varied execution that needs to happen for those things to, to flow, which is why obviously I gave the fucking caveman uh, wall painting version of, you know, oh. just scale and don't die too much. But it's, you know, I, I, I don't see... And as you said, like macro wise, I don't think they're they're a patch on G two. I just don't know how. I can't imagine. I what I can imagine happening is that at some point in the game, NRG have the more scaling comp. They're a bit behind G two, and then G two, they do suck a G two in a bad fight, and then that's enough to stall the game to the point where actually the scaling comes fully online. I can picture that happening in my head. What I can't picture happening is that NRG play out the early lanes well enough with enough pressure in jungle that they do actually have control of pit and they're not just splitting drakes. They are getting like a two drake lead or something like this. I don't see that happening. I, I can't imagine that playing out, which is, is why I ask the question. Sorry, sure. go on. Can I read? Oh, sorry. You got I, I, I can imagine it, happen it happening in one of three situations, right? Number one, uh, contractors on Poppy or Rel. Number two, uh, uh, Sejuani. Uh, they're playing Sejuani plus Melee mid. Uh, they're taking the Silas Akali matchup or uh, Silas into control mage matchup and they're playing really, really hard around mid. Uh, and number three, um, I mean, there's no number three. The number three is I agree with you uh, for your strategy, but I think it will involve either Jax or Ivan. Uh, yeah, both, both here's, preferably. Here's, yeah, both. Here's, here's something for that. So uh, we're not obviously letting G2 play Draven and Callista. Well, I mean, I think they. No, I mean, I think you have to. You can give Callista. And yeah, play you have to give Callista. I think if you want, if you if you have a very like, uh, specific draft strategy, I think you have to be willing to let them play Callista. So you're okay. So you're gonna like, like, probably like Okay, so like for here's another one. Like, um, what's his name? Like, you think uh, ADC player on energy always get mixed. FBI, from... FBI, FBI. Yeah, yeah, FBI. Right? Okay. Do you think like FBI is going to like hold lane? On any, like, for example, he has like a tendency towards like playing like Kaisa. Like, yeah. what like culmination of picks are we picking here, guys? Like, that's going to like stop this avalanche. I just don't see even good bot lanes. I don't see it like getting slowed down. Like, but, yeah, the thing is, all you're saying is they're bad in bot lane, like, by yeah. track, which, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. But, but no, because the, the thing that I would actually like to ask him, like, because Peter's talking about winning through mid, right? Okay. Yeah. I think. If you, it's, an, it's a strategy you could try. But I would like to raise you, like, one of the problems. If you go for mid, like, what what are you getting in mid that's better than what I can create in top? And why is it better? What Like, because what... I, for if you look at what G2 is picking in, like, top, I would... I would trade it for what I'm picking in mid. Like, I would have... I would accept my Oriana being, like, 0-2 and a Herald on, like, mid turret if my Yone was 2-0. I don't I... think... I don't think you, you even like let's just say uh what's his names on like Silas or Akali inside. I still don't think either of those picks are beating Yon. But but um I firstly NRG play more Yone than any other 
team in yep. probably the world, right? And they flex mm -hmm. it in both of the roles, right? So yep. I think they, they have really good knowledge of the matchup. So yep. that's the first thing I will say. Second thing I will say is that, firstly, you can't give Draven. If they give Draven, they're really, yep. that's, that's really silly. Um, but I think that you can't afford to ban Callista. I think that FBI is actually a decent setter, um, which is, you know, which maybe gives them a path there because, you know, that Poppy or that, uh, that, or that rel that is coming in camping mid can also uh, camp your Senna plus uh, melee uh, bot laner. So I think that there's something there. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a nightmare matchup. Nice. It, it, nice. <laughs> I mean, I can't... It's so hard for me to imagine a way to win this because the way that NRG beat teams that are better, like better than them, right, we, uh, is that Contracts has to do something crazy. And you can't do anything crazy when against Mickey. <laughs> like, you just can't. He's just going to be well, there to stop you, right? Are you going to ban uh, Belveth as well? Like, what if G2 just start picking Belveth against you? I mean, it's hard. It's, like, I mean, the, no, like, no what, EU team has a solution, right? So. Like, what, what the fuck are you... Like, at this, who, what was the matchup a while ago we were talking... I, I was on... Uh, XLG2, remember I was I was talking to Abadagi about it afterwards, I was like, we couldn't create a situation where XL would, could win in draft, because no matter what you traded for, or what scenarios you created, it was, what was left open to the opposing team was just losing. I, this, NRG G2, I, I, I said it at the time, and this is to highlight how, at the time I said it, this is just to, how, to highlight how, if, XL did beat G2, how unlikely I thought that event would have been. But NRG G2 is the same event. As in, like, the, the problems and the gameplay solutions to those problems that I see for NRG are so unlikely that if NRG is to win this, I, I would genuinely consider it one of like, the biggest upsets, like, ever. Yeah, That's this, how... yeah, I, I agree with you, by the way, but this is why I just go for super basic sort of conventional wisdom, which is also to answer your earlier question, which is why mid instead of top? Because Broken Blade is a better laner than Caps. That's really no, like. No, no. I'm meaning. I'm meaning. We, me and uh, Peter were answering it as if you were asking about NRG. By the way, like yeah. what you would. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying I would. I would look look to get the lane advantage in mid because Caps is a weaker laner than BB, and I would have scaling in top because I think that's an easy role to chuck a I, scaling top laner in like a Jax, and then I'll have I, contracts I, being a cheesy bastard on Ivan. Well, the, the sad thing, the sad thing is that I don't even think that's that bad. No, he's not. He's not a terrible laner. It's just that there's he. It's rare. Like I would just especially say this here. Like I think before it was like people overrated Caps's laning because he was such a good all-around player that people lazily just said like he's also a great laner. When what they actually meant is he got quite a lot of solo queue of solo kills and saw like lethal opportunities or opportunities to have lethal on someone but he wasn't actually that good a laner this year i think for chunks of this year he's actually just straight up been not very good at laning um and i think most of the eu mids have just not been very good at laning it's not horrendous like bad he's just not docker could snipe a game i'm not joking this is like the only variant the way i see it as if the if they got a gp or fiora going there's a chance i mean here's what i, I would say I I, I, for for predicting this, this is like so insanely like once like this is yes. the this is the most insanely one sided matchup I can possibly imagine that I don't even want to predict the result of this game. I'm going <laughs> to predict that G two will pick Cogmore Brom in the series and the first time they pick it they're gonna stop the game and then NLG aren't gonna have a solution anymore.
And that's 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 my prediction. My prediction is we will see Cogmore in the series. My prediction is that we will beat that G two are going to win this best of three series three zero, um, and that um, <laughs> and that that if you dislike this as an NRG fan, let's put it this way, nobody. I, I don't have faith. Nobody else has faith, and this is exactly how you guys beat Cloud Nine. So you should be thankful. Rich, what do you think? I've got a question for Peter. I mean, yeah, I think, zero, I yeah. think so far. It's like, it's a, it's what we call like a 10, seven round in MMA, right? It's just like, yeah. you don't only have to win by one, but as Peter says, it might end up being three zero. I, I would co-sign that. Here, here's one for you, Pierre. And I can't quite wrap my head around the bit. Where's the cold mob Rom versus Genji? Why did they go to Lucian? Who knows? I, I I have no idea. I, I think like, G2 to me, have so many. I think G two have so much yeah, self belief in different things that they can play that it can just be you, like I, one tier down the assembly line for next time. You know, I challenge anyone to look at what happened in game one and then go look and be like the solution to game one is game for game two is Lucian. I mean, that they is, played that's Lucian Nautilus is really crazy. I will yeah. I will say that. Like the the game two draft against Gen G. I think Dylan is an insane drafter, but that game two that, draft is, is... Yes, <laughs> I, 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 but I don't know how you ever come to the conclusion. And the thing is, is like, to I, maybe I'm wrong, correct me here, guys. This is just my best memory. So no team they've played against, Weibo, DK, anyone has shown any priority to ban it. No one showed any priority to ban it. Which makes me feel like G2's just lost it and a bunch of... Lost with it. And I can understand them picking the Draven over it, right? But... Uh, like, in the uh, DK game, you know what I mean? They get access to the Draven. And I can understand them picking the Zaya over it. You know what I mean? They get the Zaya against Weeble Gaming. If they're going to give you Zaya, you pick that shit, you know? At, like, it's a 100%. weird one because it's not... But where it's does not the like it's, come from? Yeah, it's not like it's a hidden pick or something. Like, I'm sure these teams know that G2 do the Cogmore Braum. But it's also not the kind of thing that you need to practice that much in scrims. Um, no, so... like, Cogmore's not, like... Most other like most yeah. most other ADCs. I, I would actually so, think of that as actually the way Cogmo Pro Cogmo plays right now, in my opinion, is actually like way more anti way more un, antithesis to the current state of the game, where many teams leave their ADC isolated because it is a Kaiser who can reposition, or it is a Zaya who can yeah. self out. Oh. Whilst a Cogmo actually requires your AD, your team to have uh, two layers of engage, a layer of engage that's going to go forward and start the fight, and then a secondary like peeling of engage to create space for the Cogmo to win the DPS race. Uh, G2 learned this pretty well. Mickey X got so much better at playing Braum over the course of the season. It's just I, I can't understand that game too against like Gen G. Um, I don't, it looks to me like but I, I just something moving forward I'd be interested in seeing from them. Mm. I think they might just not play it in this series because I think even though it's not like a hidden pick, I think they might want to you sort of semi-shot Hide a better team with it, you know, like bring yeah. it out in a game that they think really matters against an Asian I, team. I, and I, that's I the say... thing that's crazy. That's why I was like so surprised they didn't pick it against Genji. So one of the only main predictors for wins. So I think blue side is like seventy-eight percent or something at this tournament so in the main phase. But I would say the only thing that is a bigger predictor of victory than uh, than being blue side is Zaya, which is eighty-seven point five percent. Zaya is fourteen wins, two losses. 
in this tournament so far. Uh, and, you know, what did G2 lose? Both? What did G2 give Genji both of the games that they won? Yeah, and they gave, like, an absolute, the, the most, like, mid, like, slow, like, stat-checking ADC player ever who just wants to play, like, Zaya Zarya and outrange yep. and be safe all the time. They just gave it to them twice. Like, I respect G2's drafting a lot. I can't explain... I actually like the Game 1 draft, by the way. I think the Game 1 draft's fucking sick. But the Game 2 one, that's bonkers. Well, yeah. let's hope they got it out of their system yeah, uh, at yeah. this stage. So, yep. let's go on to the next matchup, which is uh, quite an interesting one, I think, which is KT versus LNG. I think this oh, is a... It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, this is, I think it's an interesting one. I think, I mean, KT looks super clean against D+. The, the BLG game was obviously super close. That was a, a pretty cool game. Um... And then, you know, don't really need to talk too much about LNG because we discussed them at length on the previous show. Obviously, for me, they're second favourite still. I haven't seen anything which has, like, particularly changed my shuffling at the top. Obviously, uh, an unbelievably strong team. Uh, how do you feel about this matchup, Peter? Do you think there is a even a strong favourite here? Do you think that this is a, a close one? A close on paper, at least, KT LNG? No. I think so. I predicted two zero in every single series. Mm. I'm going to predict two zero in this series as well. Uh, why did I predict this? Um, why? So the the question to ask is: Firstly, KT have probably the worst luck of any team in this tournament in terms of because this is the third Chinese team they play, um, and they I guess they can't get JDG in the finals round. Uh, so they played every other Chinese team. Um, what I would say is that the way that they were able to beat Weibo is not going to work against LNG. Uh, and... Oh, uh, yeah, and basically, I think that it's too difficult for KT to get anything going in the early game against Tarzan Scam. And I don't think their team fighting is good enough to beat LNG in the late game like JDG were. And to be clear, like in that JDG versus LNG series, LNG were winning a lot of those early games. It was just JDG kind of fighting from a deficit. And <laughs> the <time>. I mean, <laughs> it's so, it's so annoying. I, 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 I hate the JDG are the best team in the world. I really like, it's all, it's, they're so, they're just too clean. I just wish there was like, who do I wish was the best team in the world? Yeah, you wish you had a Mad lines. Like, yeah. Is the yeah, sure. T I was gonna say T one. Like I wish like a T that would flip it a bit was was the best. But like there's no like so so you know we don't have to talk about JDG because obviously they they're gone um, for the for the moment. But I would say that uh, yeah, I'd say that KT. I don't think KT's team fighting is good enough to make up for the deficits that they're going to be behind early game to Tarza and Scout. Yeah, I mean Peter makes a, a good point, particularly about as we've discussed before, Tarzan Scout probably the best two v two synergy at this tournament. I think that's uh, fair to Not say. Not right now though. Um, yeah, well, what what do you what do you think about this one? I think me and you probably suspect this is going to be a little bit closer than Peter does. I think there are angles for KT here. I think KT have looked pretty good overall. Um, I think I do feel though, again, sort of tapping slightly into what Peter's saying, I suppose that I think KT are quite a matchup dependent team yeah. like i feel like i mean that's for example why the t1 games probably went in a, a direction uh, a lot of people didn't think they were going to go i think they do uh have a style let's say but yeah kira what, what's your thoughts on this so i actually agree a lot um with like there'll be a matchup that's why i've always said ktg2 is like the ultimate like bo5 that i want to see at this world championship i think that bo5 will be insanely fun. it'll be one of the best ever so the 
interesting thing about this series is there is uh, clear defined like weaknesses and like strengths. Like uh, on the average, I agree. Scout Tarzan will out execute um, like mid. One thing I would say is uh, at this world, not a massive sample size. Tarzan's uh, target selection, uh, team fight selection, uh, skirmish selection. I don't know what the fuck you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> hasn't yeah. hasn't been the best. Um, it's actually been the start. He ha- often him like grabbing suspect targets against like JDG and that um, was the beginning of the demise. You know what I mean? Uh, to f- for whatever reasons that uh, they lost. Uh, I think KT have like certain. Uh, silver bullet like compositions that they could play into LNG to beat them. Uh, for example, LNG. When I look at LNG, unless Scout is on something like LeBlanc and he can just master entire quadrants of like the map on the previous patch, so was. Uh, I think LNG have problems around like mid game and like their waves. I don't think Scout. I don't think the Scout so much like. I don't think Scout is so much the problem. But I think the team generally does not always hold like the best like map states. And I feel like there's comps that KT could play that expose that. Can they do that two games? That is the question. I'm not sure. Across the average, I think LNG is better at the majority of league. However, there is one small like problem. I don't think the bot lane matchup, particularly like for like hang and the effect that that can have on like draft, is all that great. I think. Lehens and aiming could be a lot better in this um, series that a lot of people give credit for. But on the other hand, I think BDD, if they do not opt for like certain like draft picks, could go through hell against like Scout Tarzan. Uh, Keen into Zika as another possible explosion matchup. Uh, what problem is is I think Keen is a fantastic like isolated like one v one player, but has at times no respect for the concept of jungle <laughs> and like positioning at times. Um, so how how much you'll be like punished from that? I think Tarzan has lots of different avenues of like where he can go in the map to like create leads for LNG, where possibly KT might be more focused. But I'm not as one. I think don't think it's going to be as one sided as like Peter does. But I still think it'll be LNG two one. Can can I ask a question? Yeah. Bro. What's the what's the path what's the path to victory? Well, the path to victory most likely for me is like most of like KT's like like path to victory is get keen onto like a winning like top matchup to pull people to pull people to the like top side. Hope to God he like doesn't get get caught as often. And then if the team is actually um like, down into, like, deficits, like, from, like, early game, is to not, like, just accelerate those deficits with, like, poor 4v5, 4v4, like, team fighting, and allow Keane to consistently accelerate and slowly build up, um, like, team fighting. I actually don't think at this tournament Keane's team fighting's been good, by the way. It's actually been pretty poor, um, how much, how much of his advantage he's been able to bring to bear. I don't think that'll continue. He's usually, like, pretty good. But... The other one is, like, for example, like, they play, like, the... I don't know if they'll play it. I'm not sure, like, the TF composition and stuff to, like, start picking on, like, specific, like, side lanes. But that seems super exposable into, like, a lease-in, like, meta, like, mid. So... I mean, I can say Zika hasn't had the best tournament in the world, for sure. So, yeah, I I can say. 
the, the problem is, is Gal like okay, so right now Gala on two of the ADC picks is like a draft defining player because of like who he is as a player, like Zaya and Kaisa. Kaisa. So yeah, that Kaisa. And so that's like problem. But I think if you trade either or if you ban both and you move on to the next best picks, I don't see the where the problem is for like aiming. Like if aiming's on like Zaya, I think that's like fine. I don't think aiming on Kaisers is good, for example, but I think it's like okay. It's like I don't it's not for example, you know what I mean, like one you're like it's ruler where he can't be on like certain picks. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I don't think that of like Gala. And I think Lehens is just a much better player almost across the entire board than Hang. And just fundamentally like a very good piece that KT could use to abuse the matchup. Like if they get bottled prior, you, you Lehens could go like go mid. He's actually like a really good support player for playing to sides and like ganking sidelines. These types of things. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm gonna go two zero LNG, but I think it there'll be two close games or could be two close games. I think this is not a one sided series at all, but I do I do kind of like LNG across the board to be honest. Yeah. Um. Right. Let's now go to uh T one versus uh blg um i feel like blg have shown a better level uh so far than t1 um obviously they got annihilated by jdg but how Uh much do we read into that um i I also feel like we haven't really learned anything particularly new from either of these two teams i feel like okay well i'll I'll, uh, come to you in a second then gary but for me personally in terms of their level i feel like I've not been super surprised um, by watching either of these teams, but you disagree, Kira. So tell me, tell me what you've learned about one of these or both, maybe of these teams so far. So of my top ten player picks, the worst player on that list is this. Like this is like the worst placement, like by far. Like going in context of like going into this tournament, um, I, I don't think he's. I think it's like laning and stuff is like being fine, but I don't think. I like put a lot of like onus on like. Zeus in the playoff run, um, and what like you know what I mean like what that actually meant for, uh, like T one like in terms of like victories like actually creating like wins, it, they don't look like that team as much anymore and majority of the best execution on T one has been bot lane. Just uh, to refresh people's oh, memories, by the way, we did a section on the last show where we I asked to pick each other's worst placement on the list. Obviously, Kira went for my boy, the GOAT, undefeated Mr. Peanut, looking supreme in every game, pixel perfect, nothing bad whatsoever. Uh, and I obviously said Zeus was a really weird pick in generals to even have on the top 10. So, you know, I think we know whose list is the best, and we'll lock that in now, never to be changed based on any future mm-hmm. appearances. But so, yeah, carry on. I, and for example, like, I think you still see a lot of uh, owners' bad tendencies from playoffs. Uh, Faker. Uh, not a not good laning like at all and all of these things are hell on earth for blg if you cannot punish your gal if you cannot punish jun if you're top laner like ben has been zeus's dad since msi right and zeus isn't in that good great form and ben's in really good form and so the uh, the victory must come from bot lane um can and so the, for me the matchup is uh, a, a tale as old as time itself it's the old clock handle it's whose clock handle uh, clock hand makes it round uh, quicker is can T1's top side hold against BLG's and can BLG's bot side hold against T1's and 
across the aggregate, from what we know, this tournament is actually been uh, strangely topside. Well, in my opinion, I might be wrong here. Maybe you disagree. Topside's been winning out more often than not, uh, even though a lot of people think of this as a bot side meta. Uh, so I would actually say, even though I think BLG probably quite heavily favoured if you look at both styles right now. What do you think, Peter? Yeah. Um, I'd say that it's this has been a bit weird tournament because T1's draw has been basically the easiest of any team. No, they played mm-hmm. TL, they played uh, well, I mean, Cloud9, and then they played Genji. Obviously, they got smashed by Genji, right? So it, it was, <laughs> uh, but it wasn't like uh, it's really hard to judge where their true level is. What I would say is that Faker looked kind of rough into in the TL series because he well, kept yeah. getting caught in the side lanes, which is weird for Faker. Like, Faker is one of the best side laners in the history of the game, but maybe he was disrespecting TL, maybe, you know, maybe he was trying to draw pressure on one side of the map, but his team wasn't cross-mapping. But he, it was a really odd game. And, like, uh, you know, I'm kind of disappointed TL were out because they, they put a good fight into that in that T1 series, and I would have wanted to see that against more kind of Eastern teams. But, you know, if you can't beat Gam, you don't... You don't, you don't deserve to be in the tournament anymore, uh, with respect to Gam. Um, uh, but but what They're I would say... They're all nice people, Gira. They're all nice people. <laughs> hey, well, well, I'm going to say, well, my, gam pe- my Gam take is fucking diamonds right now. I'm not selling I, that. I mean, all I will say is, Gam, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure that any player... I'm pretty sure even... Who's the who's the least paid player on, on TL? Probably APA. I'm pretty sure that APA earns more than the entirety of Gam put together. Forget about Piosik and like Core JJ and people like this, right? Like so, uh, so you know the fact that uh, the fact that they were able to win is fair enough. But okay, so but to go back to TL versus T1. So what was going on? It, it was there was Faker was having a lot of weird situations where he was getting caught out, and this was this kind of happened against Genji as well. It's it's really really strange to see him playing like this. That said, I think that um, both of these teams are definitely able to win through the win conditions. I think that the win conditions are the same as you. Uh, I think this is going to be a 2-1 series for BLG. Um, uh, I think that the game T1 win is going to be Snowball massively out of control. So I guess what I will say is, I think this is... I I kind of agree with everything you've said. Uh, I don't really have a hot take here. But I will say that this will be a 2-1... I think T1 will manage to Snowball one game out of control. And... Yeah, and my, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I would say my my follow up prediction because two one BLG is kind of a boring prediction is that none of the games will be close. Okay. I think all of the games they're, will be under, too, under both two blue side dominant. Yeah, like I, well, I mean, I could see T one losing on on blue side, but okay. but basically, I, I think that this is going to be every game over in less than thirty minutes. Is what I would say. Okay, cool. Two one uh, BLG. Get an actual prediction from you, Kira, as well. Obviously, you oh, favour. Uh, 2-0 BLG. One quick thing, question, just about T1. What do you think of, and this is an answer to why Genji beat T1 so consistently and Faker dying in sides. What do you think of owner's jungle tracking and like setting up for sides? Mm. So, I mean, I think the problem is that Doran is really, really hard to punish. Yeah, he's uh, like playing out yeah, his absolute mind right yeah, now. Exactly. But 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 also his kind of risk assessment is insane. Like any top laner who wants to learn how to side lane should watch this guy. Um and study this guy really, really closely for, for how and when he's taking risks. And what I would say is that Zeus has insane mechanics, yep. but sometimes he 
frustration isn't the word, but sometimes he he doesn't necessarily know what to, he's not comfortable getting like small leads over. He extracts time. too much. It looks for like a exactly. big, one exactly. big play rather than ten cuts. Yeah. So to me, Doran is like awful f- matchup for somebody like him. Whereas he does well into Keen, who is flipping everything. Yeah. Ben will flip. Yeah. Ben will flip things too, right? And this and is we'll... why I don't think I don't think the matchup top is as bad as you think. I think Ooh, Ben right. is playing insanely well, but Ben. The way Ben plays plays into how Zayas wants to play, but and so I, more he, historically, and I'm based on historic. Yeah, he does historically out execute is the problem. Of course, and but I'm saying that Zayas is the type of guy who you don't who who the way you beat this guy is to just like poke him and poke him, you know, yeah. like a bear, poke him, yeah. poke him until like he goes and does something crazy, and then like you punish, right? Whereas that's not going to happen, right? You know, like Ben and Zayas, they're going to come to lane, you know, with their Uga booga, you know, uh, spiked clubs, and they're going to whack each other on the top of the head. And this is exactly how Zayas wants to play the game. And I think it will be really, really fun. Uh, I, th- I think it will snowball incredibly hard in one direction. I don't know which direction it's going to be. Probably in favor of Bin. But, I mean, this is what I want to see. Like, I want to see two top laners, like, fight it to the death. Yeah, I would remind people as well, because obviously, like, I think it's fair to say that compared to most previous renditions of Worlds, where most people are fairly down on T1 in terms of being a, a real contender, it wasn't that long ago that they had a super close five-game series against JDG, which, you know, mm-hmm. we do forget. So I wouldn't be amazed... Different version of JDG, though. Yeah, true. But that, that JDG was still, the best, time. that was still the best team in the world, in my opinion, uh, that, that version of JDG. Um, but... Anyway, let's move on, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this series, which might seem a bit mean of me, but I just don't think it's particularly interesting. Just going to put it out there, and I also have a more interesting question. Did you get your score, Rich? Uh, oh no, I didn't. I Go am on. going uh, BLG. Um... Go on. No, okay. I'm going T one two one T one two one T one two one. Mad line T yeah. No, no, okay. So the faker thing, I do think the fake thing's really weird, and you're gonna probably think, how does one related to the other? But I do think the fact that fakers playing presumably hurt at the moment are probably, or certainly like the more the more the time rich. that goes on, the, the more time that the goes on, says he's fine. The, the more time that fine. goes on, the more I expect from faker. Um, so I do think he'll not be as much of a liability as, to be honest, he has been so far. Anyone who says Fake has not been bad at this tournament is just lying in terms of the level, any kind of you know floor level we'd expect from this guy. I think he has just straight up been bad. I don't think he'll be bad um, this game. And I do think that the bot lane matchup is really interesting. And I do think T1 could um, get advantages there. And... Yeah, the Zeus Bin thing, I, I mean, I do just straight up think Bin is a better top laner than Zeus, but that is a matchup, as Peter said, that can definitely go either way. So I'm just going to go, I'm going to rock with my boys at T1 and uh, yeah, see what happens. Although, I can't I'm not, believe you sided with the Evil Empire. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not rooting for them, though. I'm not rooting for them. It's my pick, but I'm not rooting. I, I don't want I don't want Joe Marsh to ever have a world title. That is that is you, my This my will be remembered and your trials dream. come. Uh, but well, I would just like to say that Joe Marsh has three world titles, no? Shut up. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I just say you know, you know um... no, actually, it's actually a different org. Go ask the Kespa, they do not recognize yeah. it as the same organization. Oh, they, they don't. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, has, I, I, actually did, I actually didn't know that. I actually didn't know that. He has as no. many, he has as many uh international titles as he had when he was memeing everyone else for having no international titles. So, well, hopefully, that's true, Peter. I've just created you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I literally don't know, but I, anyway, I, I, I just leave it there, you know. It's anyway, T1, which is the CEO of has world titles. Let's go to everyone's favorite team. I'm even donning their beautiful jersey from last year's Worlds, which I, for me is the best jersey in the history of the World Championship. So that's about as much of a world title as Joe Marsh is ever going to hope to get. Um, Gam versus DK. Oh, yeah. uh, so whatever as i said i don't want to spend too much time on this it just really isn't very interesting is it kira any banger takes for me on this one i don't want to hear about yeah, matchups fuck, or wing cons fuck the, fuck the guy that commented all their takes aged like old milk the day gam lost that first game of plans fuck you bro they went and got, done it all i literally predicted exactly what would happen and they even sent tl home in the early airplane there you go it's dk20 anything else this if Gam won this one, it might actually be more crazy than the Energy G two one. But like, it, it shouldn't happen. Here's the way. thing, Kira. I've had a few people randomly message me, and because again, spoiler guys, I'm not mo watching most of these games live because they're at stupid o'clock in the morning. So I'll usually get up and then I'll watch whatever the current live one is. You know, at the time because I'm not getting up that late. So I'll watch like the end of Worlds live, and then I'll go back and watch all the other games. So, but I'll sometimes wake up to these random messages from people, which I don't know what game they're even corresponding to when I get these messages saying like, ha, nice take, Rich, that one aged well, didn't it? And then I'll go back and I'll look at all the results from that day and I'll be like, what take? Like, there are a bunch of people who are like memeing us for that video where we gave like all our worlds to. So far, it looks fucking golden, doesn't it? Like, everything's coming up Millhouse as far as I can see. I I'm so confused. Like, what bad takes, man? <laughs> Like, I'm sure I predicted the game wrong or whatever. Obviously, the BDS take was uh, outrageously horrible. But, like, generally speaking, in terms of, you know, the power rankings of teams and players, things look great so far. So, I, I really don't know where these these people but, are coming from. But I guess I mean, they've got 100% pickums, mate. I guess that's just what's happening. They're just... I mean, what I would say... So, so obviously, there's no way that Gam can win the series, right? Like, I think we all agree. But what I will say is that this is just... To me... I cannot believe that a team like TL was so poorly prepared to play against mm. yeah. really Like I, I literally, it is unacceptable, and it, it's the exact same thing as 100 Thieves last year against uh, CFO, right? Yes. Flying Oysters, right? Like, this, th this is disrespectful, and if you are an NA org, you do not have the right to disrespect a wildcard team. Like, I mean, it is... Sorry, they're not wildcard, technically. They're PCA. Like, what do we yeah, call we them? Know, Intermediate. We know what you mean. Yeah. Non-major yeah. region. Non region team. Non -major yeah. Region. Like, like, I mean, if you did zero prep for Gen G, that's one thing, right? Because... But you cannot come into a tournament and have zero prep for GAM and zero prep for CFO, right? Like, it's... it. You should be spending the majority of your time prepping for these teams because these are the games that you need to consistently close out. And... For me, it's really obvious that TL did an insane amount of prep for for uh, for the T1 series, and they they were not prepped at all for Gigabyte Marines. And to me, that I don't think Gam are a better team than TL. I think TL are a better team than Gam, and they didn't prepare, and that is sad. 
and Gam punished them and good job to Gam. And there's a lot of people on that coaching staff that I like and respect. And good I people. hope shout they... Out to, shout out to Jensen. Yeah, shout out to Jensen. Shout, shout out, out to... to uh, to, wait, is Molecule on, on that team as well? Hanke? Yeah. And Hanke? And Hanke? Yeah. Those, guys, those guys are like are legitimately a good coaching staff and they they knew what they needed to do to beat TL, but all I can say is if they can somehow find a way to beat D, D plus K, you know, I may need to revise my <sighs> best coaching staff in the world award that, that is currently residing in Tabe's hand on VLG and give it to Gan because I yeah. cannot imagine a world where that, that could possibly happen, but good luck to them and, you know. Here's a mad, here's here's a, here's like an absolute mad one. First of all, one thing I love about Gam and it's even why I picked them in the wildcard, I believe if you are a bad team, and sorry, I, I will just quickly call them a bad team because in the general stat, if they are a bad team, they know my favourite adage the best, along with BDF, and it is know thyself. If you are going to be bad, at least know who you are and the state of your badness and do not pretend to be something you are not. And Gam embody that better than almost any other individual like consistent team. They are so good at embodying that value that I, that is why I'm like mad like respectful not of like the players and like the players and that, just as in the ability to like just run, not randomly, but like get wins. And that's when I talk to you with Thorne. This is why I don't fuck with any coaches, Peter, because when I see the prep and the, the build of these things, that's why I do not talk about coaching staff ever in any sense whatsoever. I give no credit to them. I don't talk about what they could do. I even like I'm doubtful in the fact of like. Like we all we all talk here about Dylan being good at drafting, right? Okay, and it's like historically been a strength across all the averages of his teams. But like you know what I mean? There's probably many people contributing on G two to the the drafting thing of like Dylan, and that, that's why I just cannot accredit. And then I see situations like this, and the prep just looks so bad, and I'm just like, where is that? At? Um, but I I don't even think that their prep this tournament was bad. I think their prep for T one was fine. I think their prep for Gam was awful. It looked like they. It looked like they were their players were going on stage and playing against Gam for the first time. Where it's very, very obvious how you need to play against Ki. It's very obvious how you need to yeah. play against Le- Levi. Uh, Levi. 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 And, and, Levi. And and like Katy. I mean, there's not much you can do about Katy. Right? Slater's like, got the most obvious champion pool in the entire exactly, world. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. And they just they didn't prep. Like yeah. and uh, yeah. Okay. So anyway, I'm sorry to sidetrack this. Obviously, there's no way they can beat Damon Kia, but uh, but yeah, let's let's. Uh, Slater's got a hellish. Yeah. Uh, got a hellish matchup against Death. It's just yeah. Two zero. Two zero. Two zero. Two zero. Two zero. So right, I'd now, I'm now going to ask you guys a fairly controversial question. Obviously, you tweeted about this earlier today. Is there any real justification currently for North America? being classed as a major region and what i mean by that is right now we have this system where obviously there are four major regions right the lec eu and uh lck lv uh lvp uh, lpl um and there's obviously you know historically big gaps even within those like between europe and lvp and uh lvp fuck me lck and lpl there's obviously a big gap but europe historically obviously one msi two different teams in world finals, like technically won the first worlds, but we don't really count that. But still like there's a lot of pedigree there. Is it now just not getting to a ridiculous levels of North America where it's like, how can you possibly give these people the possibility of having four world championship slots every year? Hot, Is this just cake. not out of control at this point? So, so EU shouldn't thing... be as well though. That's the problem. No, no, no. I mean, like, okay, stop, stop, stop. Let, let's let's be clear here, right? I think this is too early to say this. Whilst NRG are currently sitting at two one, right? 
if NLG somehow, like maybe they come up with a way to beat G2, this, this conversation will look insane, right? So like this is a conversation that should happen at the end of the tournament. But what I would say here is does the fourth, does, does NA deserve three spots four well, 3.5 spots more than Brazil deserves two? No, yeah. obviously not, right? Like Brazil, Brazil should have a second slot. You could argue LLA. Okay, no, no. But Brazil should have a second slot. Um, and you know, why don't, uh, why don't LPL get sex? Well, because, I mean, that's well. That's, you're talking about what people deserve, but there is no. No, deserve. no, no. Sure. Right, sure, create, sure, sure. Right, created an asinine format. The, the problem is, is like people look at this, uh, um, the idea of pool one teams, and they go, "Oh, any shouldn't have pool one teams," and that is a, a question you can answer uh, both positively and reductively and you can come up with a solution of yes, no, but we, you actually the bigger question is, is the, the way that Riot has consistently seeded world is in fact the problem. The whole idea of the, the pooled teams um, in general, uh, the idea of one, two, three, four pools. If, if you, in my opinion, if you look at plans, I think plans should be, be a, a larger affair and it should be more open to qualification from I've always held the belief that the minor regions, the lower-seeded NA teams, lower-seeded EU teams, lower-seeded Korean and LPL teams, all should qualify for Worlds on their own merit. And it should be like an open like tournament, and it should be hard, and it should be like strenuous, because you've like failed the qualification. And that would be a much better like thing in general. If you look at... Cause the, and this is another problem, Rich, of like, if you look at the de-success of NA, um, it, NA's de-success only looks really bad at Worlds because the best NA teams, like, across, like, history, like, had, like, failures of, like, groups. Like, we would not be, like, I'm going to just go off, like, a thing. I, I know it didn't happen, so it's hard to picture it. But, like, 2016 TSM were a good team. Yeah, they were. Um, they could beat many teams. 2018 TL could beat teams. 2019 TL could beat lots of teams. And they got, like, sniped. And so the way we look historically back on it is, like, a lot worse. And now NA is in this really bad, like, state. But there was, like, a version of EU that was in, like, a really bad state. I think it was 2017, where Fnatic went 2-4 and had to play off against GAM. G2 failed, and who else failed? I don't know. But 2015 was... 2015, that was the year where only H2K got out. Yeah, and there was... Oh, 2016? 2016, 2016, and they only beat Albus, like, not... So, like, you look at, like, the history of 2016, 2017, right? Um, that they're not good years for EU, and really no one was kind of talking like, oh, EU should lose X, Y, Z. So, I mean, look, here's what I was saying. That like, was a very I, short I fi- frame though. But yeah, go on, Peter. I, I can't. I find it a bit hard. Like, this is like throwing stones at glass houses, right? Because you know, technically, BDS versus GGS, Golden Guardians, is not like part of Worlds. Okay, technically, it's really blatantly part of Worlds. The to me. It's just the reason why it's not called the start of the world is they don't want like the branding of worlds starting with like an NA versus EU matchup, right? Like that's mm. that's to me the only reason why you wouldn't call that part of worlds. But okay, um, the so ignoring that game, NA is two zero against EU at this tournament, no? Yeah. Yeah. 
So I mean, like as an EU, as an EU coach, I can't turn around and say NA doesn't deserve a spot at once because they're currently yeah, but, 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 okay, but that is kind of asinine, though. Like, okay, here's the thing: it's a to sort of cut it to the chase. Saying, like, like the, the I think obviously you could say something like, oh, maybe uh, the top eight teams in LPL would be in the top, I don't know, let's say sixteen teams in the world. Like, maybe that is true, but obviously you you have to have some kind of uh, a limit for. So mm -hmm. there's enough carrot in the, each individual region. So, for example, mm -hmm. like, I quite like, I'm not saying it's perfect, I quite like how the European coefficient system works in football, where you have the, the however well the region performs in tournaments generally will directly correlate to how many slots you are. And if you are super high performing, like, obviously, traditionally, it was always four spots for, like, the top five leagues in the world. The Premier League is now going to be awarded with a fifth spot and how it works for like the um, the world tier tournaments below that with like the Europa League and the Conference League, whatever that trickles down as well. So in Europe, technically, depending on who wins the domestic competitions, you can actually have eight teams at least in Europe from one league. Right. Yep. Because the Premier League is so strong. Now, obviously, there is a limiting factor on that. Like that. I don't think there will ever have six from the Premier League, at least not in the near future. I think that that's probably not going to happen. But you can have seven but, if they win Europe, Europa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, and if, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, technically it could go yeah, crazy from the year before. Yeah. If different team wins the Champions League and they're not in it that year, then they get in. And then if they win the Europa League, yeah. yeah. So you could, I think it could go up to like 10 probably. But um, yeah, anyway, they have allowed for the strength of the league to impact that more than obviously just arbitrarily giving Korea and uh, LPL and the EU and NA the same amount of slots up until very recently, right? So I would like to see something like that happen. My, I guess the biggest starting off point I want to get off of, it's like, fuck the major region thing. We don't need, it's so arbitrary to be like, this is a major region. Who cares? It doesn't need that allocation. Just do a coefficient system where you can clearly visibly see which leagues and how many slots are assigned to them. Don't get but, into the habit of calling well, something a major region because then you get locked in, right? Like I, we are but now. Rich, e, the EU would have actually lost coefficient points last year, Rich, almost yeah, more sure. than NA because G2, which was a seed one team, right, where they came in with a lot of coefficient points, didn't get out of a group with like, and they had the same record as EG, didn't they? One in five. Yes, so they lose, yeah. so we lose points. Yeah, I, I, and well, I agree that this thing, you're, this hypothetical that you're talking about is more idea than the pool system, right? And but it's very easy to like say that like, oh, right now NA is so bad, so take a pool one like see. No, 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 I'm not and saying. I'm think... not saying that. No, I'm no, saying no, that's that, the way, sir. I'm oh, saying sorry, historically, I'm if you go back, like when you were referencing down years for EU, if you've done it, obviously coefficient works over the last five years primarily, and then it has a trickle off effect. You would do that, so it's this ever moving process yeah. to get rid of anomalies, basically. Go on, Peter. You, so first thing is, I would never have more than four teams. Uh, as long as quarterfinals is where the like final best of five knockouts is, I would never have more than four teams from a single region in that in that eight. Like you want at no more than half of the teams in the final eight, or if it's sixteen, you know, final I'll eight. Have, uh, I'll have every but, team from a league if well, we can make it. Well, I, I would say I, I I think that that's probably harmful. Uh, yeah, you need term. some carrot for the other leagues you, you, as well. Yeah, right? exactly. And but, viewership investment. Um, you know, you can't yeah. have no, no, it no, being no, LPL B two or but, something. Yeah, but second thing, second thing I will say is that I think teams there needs to be something in the current system that punishes teams for underperformance. Yes. Because the reason why NA has held on to this number one seed for such these the the position that they've had for such a long time is they send three teams to Worlds every year. One of those teams always massively underperforms.
whether it's TSM going 06 or like somebody, somebody always underperforms. And it's impossible to expect one Japanese team when DFM were good or like one uh, Brazilian team to outperform three NA teams, yeah. right? So, so they need to put something in the coefficient which punishes teams for bad performance. And this is where I like your idea, Rich, because, uh, you know, it, the way that we do it currently in the right system is how well did your best team do? Yeah. Uh, and to me, that's not satisfactory. Can I actually say just something in the defense of like my system? Why was it like why is it not harmful in twenty fourteen for Korea to basically just be told that they had a multitude of like different teams that could all have been like the best in the like best in the world at different periods that you the teams cannot go. What? What do you mean? Like in twenty in twenty fourteen. Well, when like, KT didn't Samsung, go and both Samsung, Samsung teams and Samsung one went. So right. so the order Samsung Blue, who were the best team in uh, yeah. summer, lost to KT. Then KT didn't have enough points, and they lost in regionals to um White Shield. Okay, yeah. so the three teams that went were White, Blue, and White Shield. Yeah, yeah. Even though KT um uh just won summer in Korea. Okay. Right, but T1 didn't go, KT didn't go, either a Zubu team didn't go, and they were all like great teams, right? And but... those all those teams were like much, much more deserving in the period at which they played to be at that World Championship than almost any Western team at that period. Where T1, who came eighth in Korea, won MSI, their equivalent of MSI that oh, year. But, but that's the, the purpose of the World Championship is to decide who the best team in the world is, right? But, but that... whether no no but wait I, I'm finishing okay the purpose yeah, of the world championship is to find who is the best team in the world yeah but it's not you shouldn't reward like the fifth or the sixth best team in a region because no, there's two purposes there no the purpose there's two purposes number one purpose is to is to promote the game on an international level and keep international interest in the tournament right number two thing is to find the best team in the world so why should the fifth best Korean team who has already proven that they are worse than four other teams from their region why but do they, they want... deserve to go and compete what you're saying right, is more of a criticism of how bad the format was back then yeah. domestically. Yeah, yeah, but what I'm saying is, it's like, look how many teams we invited. In 2014, we invited three Korean teams, right? We are now yeah. at four Korean teams, okay? Yeah. Right? Because it's just an asinine number that Riot has chosen, like, apathy of, like, nothing. I have got no problem with the like teams like having like permanent slots or being able to get there. I think the the ability to play into the tournament of worlds, right, should be more open. That is an aspect of like that I do not think Riot has embraced well embraced well. I actually think plans should be a bigger affair than Riot like makes. I can agree I can agree with that. But I, I think I think there's a few things being conflated here. First of all, I would say on the twenty fourteen thing I do think both Samsung teams were the best Korean teams. So even retconning that, I think the best team still went and the best team in the world by far at that tournament. They didn't lose a single game, did they? Or they lost one. They lost to... Bowling. Did they... TSM, To TSM, no? Yeah, they lost to TSM. Yeah, three, they won 3-1 to TSM, yeah. Uh, well, they one, lost one game to... They lost one game against World as well. In the um, yeah, so yep. that even retconning that. And again, the, the thing the thing people always talk about 2014 is like the tragedy that the Summer Champions KT didn't go, which I agree with, like to win the Summer and nope. not go in that kind of system, that to me just speaks to how bad your domestic qualification stuff is. Not really anything to do yeah, with the World's format. Here... No, 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 but it is because at the same time again, who was the, the, the 
White were like the golden child, but the story that everyone remembers is like Uzi being at the tournament, okay? How did Uzi get there? What, what do you he mean? He didn't win summer, he didn't win spring. His teams were literally... Uzi, on this our system, right now, would not have qualified for Worlds. The regional qualifier for China happened before summer split. Playoffs. Okay, but again, these, these uh, are two I, different things, again, though. You're talking no, about no, no, no. the process no, versus the the system of like no, how, slot like allocation of, like, yeah but they were one of the worst chinese teams and everyone loved them when they were at that that was infectious like uzi's play at 2014 world nobody looks at that world rich and goes rng shouldn't have been there they weren't exciting uzi wasn't exciting and it was really no, hard but they, okay but this the, is the this, sixth best this is happened yeah LPL. but this is this is happenstance so you happen to have one of the most transcendently talented players of all time on a team that in any normal scenario or system should not have been there and that moment was the product of a bad system so it happened to be really great but i think we would all agree that they shouldn't have gone to that tournament just because they ended up making the final and uzi was popping off that doesn't mean that we co-sign and say yay good that's brilliant let's have more of that, that it was bad it was objectively bad that rng got to worlds the fact that it turned into a really cool story it's kind of irrelevant really that's just a cool no because the thing is is, is like the, I, I think that my point is is, is like, i think more of the regional like minor teams should be able to qualify two worlds on the on their own merit and if you make a bigger deal of the the, the play-ins or you rebrand the play-ins or world qualification like I, i'm like from dota right one of the most like famous like things before ti is like the wild card and the regional qualifiers they're actually insanely popular because just of like the atmosphere that they like like they create like going into the tournament even though the who gets invited to ti or who qualifies for ti can be a little bit like different but league doesn't have that, you know what I mean? You always get the four best NA teams, which I'm fine with. But like, I wouldn't mind if the fifth best NA team gets to play in against like the fifth best and the sixth best like LPL team, and more people can qualify from a region. Like, you know what I mean? You turn like I, I mean, don't yeah, see you the can talk about expa is. expanding the qualification process and making that more interesting and bigger or whatever. Sure, well, I can agree to that. But it's still uh, the main point of the conversation is about slot allocation and what the system is now versus what is realistically possible but the, but the slot allocation every... is already obfuscated like how can you say that like korea or like na should have four when korea gets four then because then just as equally why does brazil not get four because in terms of a viewership basis they're huge like they might not be as like consistently able to win like as what but the, this the, is my yeah but this is my point i believe i don't i don't believe as extreme i don't think that the parameters should be as extremely open as it sounds like you want them to be but i do think this should be relooked at and i think that they should be allocated on merit but i also think it's very important as peter said you have to have the 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 carrot that and the international interest from all sectors of the world that anything is possible in that sense right so it can't be fully open to the point where like 10 lpl teams get to take part in this qualifier after three have auto qualified or something that cannot happen it has to there still has to be some kind of of balance right um so yeah that that's... i'm i'm really confused about which season you're talking about in because 20... in 2014 you mean 2013 surely where where royal where royal um forfeited the playoffs or do you mean because in 2014 starhorn royal club were like the were a top three team in china and they sent three seats so i literally have no idea what you're talking about in no, 2013, no, no, in no, 2013 no. they forfeited the playoffs right so you can't judge no, how no, they no, would have I'm, done i'm talking about like so and uh, 2014 they sorry they might have finished at, like so in they, they had a lower bracket in china in china in 2014 okay. there was a lower bracket 
and they won the third, fourth place playoff in the lower bracket and then lost in the second third, right? So, so firstly, like, I, I don't know what you're talking about here. And in 2013, they didn't play the playoffs because they, they because of various reasons I don't really want to get into because we're sidetracking, right? They, right. they didn't, they didn't get in, but they all were the, tied, uh, they were tied second happened. place. They were yeah. tied in second place in regular season with world elite and positive energy, right? Like 20, so, so, so all I'm going to say is they have every right to go in 2013 as like the second best Chinese team because they won the qualifying tournament, right? And they were seeded two in the qualifying tournament. And then in 2014, they were a top three team no, because they had oh, yeah, LPL had, uh, yeah, but you can't count the playoffs in 2013. They forfeited the playoffs. They didn't even play a single game. So, okay, anyway, let's, 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 uh, I think this is a, a, a long, uh, uh, it's a, it's a situation which we're, we're not going to go into, go into a lot of detail on. But what I would say is that, you know, Worlds has to do two things. It has to create a format which spots you the best team in the world. And it has to create a format where um, fans all around the world have something to cheer for, right? Now, could, should you say, my controversial take is the main reason that NA should lose seeds at Worlds isn't because of performance, it's because of viewership. And I think Brazil deserves more seats because they have large viewership. And I'm in the no, massive, no, right. massive, massive minority on this. Um, so I'm not going to push this point. But look, what I will say is that the that you having a system where, for instance, you could have seven or six LPL teams and the top eight of Worlds is not a good thing for the for the esport in the long run. Okay, and I I leave it at that, right? This is my opinion, and we don't have to agree on this, right? Yeah, uh, I I, but... I agree. With, I mean, I agree with both of you. I think that it, I think that it should be that LPL have more teams. It should just be capped at a reasonable amount, where you don't always have, as Peter said, that kind of dynamic in the latter stage of the tournament. And the teams that are less deserving should have fewer. But I think the numbers should be closer. Like, let's just say the absolute max, like LPL 5, let's say, LCK 4, if they have a good year, 5, whatever, EU yeah, okay. 3, NA 2, Brazil 2, whatever it yeah, is okay. that makes sense if you ba uh, balance out both metrics. Anyway, we've talked enough about that. There's one last thing I'd like to get from you guys before we leave here, which is very simple question. I'll start with you, Peter. Have you seen anything so far that has meaningfully changed your preconceptions about how this tournament would go? Have there been any surprises for you or things that aren't going how you thought they would? Anything that stands out? Um, T1, uh, first of all, um, I, they were much more shaky than I expected. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm already not a, not a huge T1, T1 uh, fan. Uh, TL, uh, prep against Gigabyte Gig Marines is... Yeah, um, let's leave it at that. Um, but I would say that everything else at this tournament has kind of been as I expected. Although I did expect Mad Lions to do better against uh, Cloud9, is what I would say. But I, I could see Mad Lions losing to NRG, right? Like it's not it's not outside of the realms of possibility for me coming into this tournament, given how unstable NRG are in a positive way and unstable Mad Lions are in a negative way. That NRG could beat Mad Lions in the best of one. But G2 are kind of where I thought they were. I really, really am looking forward to a best of five series between the teams. The one thing which has disappointed me is how good JDG look, because I think we are mm -hmm. going to have one of the most boring best of five phases in the entire in the history of League of Legends esports. And I hope LNG can uh, find a way to beat BLG and be competitive, because I don't see any other team in the world, including Genji, being able to match JDG. Yeah, th those are for me are the two question marks, which is I, so far as any team could 
because I, I guess I have more faith in Genji purely by the fact that I haven't seen the matchup yet. So like maybe, you know, it's just a really good matchup. They do have a very unique playing style as well, get Genji. Sure. So, you know, maybe. What about you, Kira? What are your biggest takeaways or things that you weren't expecting? Obviously, you know, my peanut take being excellent is top of your list. But outside <laughs> of that. Uh... Or maybe Zeus, even. No. What was probably the most surprising? Oh, pro probably like team's lack of adaptation to like solving Zaya. Hmm. By the probably way, that... just just what? Sorry, one very quick thing because we, obviously we've talked about it earlier in different contexts. I'll throw this at you, Peter, as you are a, an Ezreal yeah. enjoyer. If Ezreal is you know a good pick and all the rest of it, whatever, why is no other region playing it at all? I I don't know, and I suspect that I suspect that it's because EU. Uh, Zayas are not that good, so you think people think that they can pick Ezreal into Zaya based on EU scrims. Um, actually, th there is one thing that has surprised me, I'm sorry, uh, to keep talking about it. But the fact that Adam could pick blind Garen into JDG and get away with it is like, you know, respect. You know, BDS are gone, uh, but respect. Like, that, I, that's all I have to say to that. I, 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 I'm glad you made your mark on the world stage, and I wish that we'd seen more. But, uh, but yeah, uh, but that, that's what happens. Another thing we have to blame <laughs> Mad for. So uh, there we go. Uh, any final thoughts, Kira, on that? Riller tried playing Ezreal in LPL, but uh, I don't know. It looks, it, I think if like there are counters, and then there is like in this like a really famous example was the Lysandra counter to LeBlanc, where LeBlanc is inherently way more powerful than Lysandra, but people picked Lysandra because it's good into LeBlanc, but then at the end of the day, you've now got Lysandra that is inherently weaker. And that's where the Ezreal Zaya problem is. is Ezreal is a counter into Zaya, but is inherently weaker than Zaya as a champion. And so yep. the advantage that you have to try and grow, yada yada. That's, I think, where the problem I think uh, teams. I was really surprised with. Uh, I, this looks to me like. The mid lane problem, I like wasn't quick enough to talk about. At Worlds last year, uh, it was Akali, Silas, Azir. Um, but there was lots of angles to like beat Silas, and teams just didn't do them. Uh, Silas was allowed to just run Riot through the whole tournament. Don't know why, it just was. I feel like the Zaya is going to be the exact same thing. I think there are lo many solutions not experimented with that could make Zaya a lot worse and a lot less playable. But teams are not going to do it, and it is going to be this year's Silas, this year's uh, Azir, for example. Uh, and it's going to just like kind of have like a free run, and people aren't really going to express like counters into it. Yep, fair enough. Right, we'll leave it there, guys. Thank you all so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.